Welcome back to Second and Short. It is March 22nd, 2023. NFL free agency slowed down. Nothing's happening with college football, really. Uh, but the World Baseball Classic final is going on right now. Uh, as we speak, it's the bottom of the third. Japan is winning 2-1. to one. We've got tons of stuff going on with the World Baseball Classic. Uh, this week, Brock was a little bit busy. So, I've brought in Nathan. To fill in for him, uh, some of the listeners know who Nathan is, but you can go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm Nathan. Um, big uh, baseball guy, played baseball, coached baseball. Now I'm just big on disc golf. But I won't bore you all with him talking about it, so he's not going to talk about it too much. Fair enough. All right, well, let's go ahead and get into it. Things we're going to be running through, of course, a little bit of NFL free agency moves, uh, some news going along with it, a little bit of college football. We're going to hit you with the college football mascot draft. That one's going to be very fun, I have a feeling. Um, we're going to talk about the World Baseball Classic, of course, and then we'll end it out with Do You Remember. Let's go ahead and get into the free agency moves because though it has slowed down, I still think there's very good deals being made. What's one of your favorite moves that's been made these last couple of days? Um, honestly, I think the Dalton Schultz one's a pretty big one. Dalton Schultz and Devin Singletary going to the Texans. I think this is a great pickup for the Texans, who looked kind of kind of shaky recently as being one of the worst teams in the NFL. Um, I know me and you talked at one point. Yeah, it really is. I know me and you talked at one point that all they really needed was one one good weapon. And I I don't know if this really does that for sure. Um, but I definitely think the think that this gives them a chance to to actually do something for once. Yeah, I think like these are both good pickups, but you also just lost Brandon Cooks, which we'll talk about that trade later. I, I don't see this as like a big move. Obviously, Dalton Schultz is a reliable pass catcher. He's solid in the red zone. Devin Singletary doesn't really do much for me. He's not a highly productive running back. He's obviously not gonna be the primary running back over Damian Pierce. So I think they're both good moves. They, they're, I believe, both one-year deals, pretty small money as well. So it's not like they threw out a ton of money at somebody, but they are good additions to an offense, especially when, most likely, they're drafting a quarterback in the first round at number two overall. You want to give him weapons to use. For sure, and I have a feeling just – based on what Devin Singletary does, that we're going to kind of see a Jamal Williams roll out of him where they, they put him in inside the 10 yards and just shove that bitch up the middle the entire time until it works. That sounds like a great idea. It's a recipe for success. I want to talk about a couple of these backup quarterback moves because if you've been listening at all throughout the free agency, me and Luke have been gushing over free, or over free agent backup quarterback signings, and there was three solid ones. So first, Gardner Minshew, one-year deal with the Colts. Fantastic pickup. A guy that's kind of never gotten the spotlight. He was definitely like a big topic of conversation in Jacksonville before Trevor Lawrence. But I mean, the cutoff jorts, how could you forget? He was cutting his own jorts. That's true. That, that is a big deal. Yeah, of course. The cutoff jorts are fantastic. But Gardner Minshew is a solid backup quarterback. Uh, obviously, the Colts are going to go first or um, going to go quarterback with their number four overall pick. I think that having Gardner Minshew there is a great move. The Seahawks, though, they re-signed Drew Locke on a one-year deal, and I don't 
totally understand this one because from the way that the Geno Smith contract is made where they really don't have a ton of money tied up in him, a lot of it is um, it's small guaranteed money, a lot of incentives. I don't understand why you would keep Drew Locke on the team. I feel like you go for a young guy in the draft or you go for maybe a young guy like late in the draft, but I, I don't see any use in bringing back Drew Locke. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't really understand when he, you know, he hasn't played much. I mean, what has he really proved to even be a backup? I mean, like I know plenty of backups don't get much playing time, but why are you bringing this guy in unless he's just trying to learn under Geno Smith, which, you know, isn't, the best teacher in the world for sure, but I mean, he he can teach you something, I, I guess. Yeah, I just think it's like a very static move here. Like you don't take the team forward by bringing on a. It's like it's not like Drew Locke's going to compete for that starting spot. It's obvious that Geno has it. If you would have brought in a young guy with upside, at least there's like an idea, like oh, he could challenge Geno for the spot. Drew Locke yeah, just doesn't I mean, do that. Yeah, as, as one of my favorite podcast hosts says, you know, this is a, a Call of Duty reference, but if you got the money to pack a punch, aren't you going to pack a punch? What's the point of keeping that same weapon and not making it better? Yeah, that's why you would draft Anthony Richardson at fifth overall. Excuse me? <laughs> That's what I think hold the Seahawks on, hold are going to do. Hold on, hold on, I think the Seahawks on, are going to pick up Anthony Richardson at fifth overall. There, no, there's no way they do that now. There oh. is no way they get Geno on a good contract, a solid contract, pick up a backup quarterback, and then say, you know what we're going to do now with our fifth overall pick? Draft this shitter from Florida. No, what I was saying is that they shouldn't have signed Drew Locke. Oh, okay. They yeah, should yeah, have yeah, drafted definitely. Anthony Richardson yes. at five. Yes, I thought you meant that they were going to make all these moves and then draft that idiot. No. That, no that offense, Anthony Richardson. I know you'll never listen to this, but you're an idiot. I want to I see the Wonderlook scores. I feel like he could test better than some. I, he went to Florida, man. I, I don't know. I think he could probably I have a feeling. Kelvin Benjamin. I have a feeling he might go. I bet he goes 15 out of 50. When, when they come out, mark my words, 15 out of 50. I'll be honest, I'd take that. Would you? Not for me personally, but as an NFL GM, I'd take it. Really? I don't need, I I like don't need Ryan Fitzpatrick. Short. I don't need Ryan You're Fitzpatrick. You're telling me you don't have the Deion Sanders standards of quarterbacks? No. You don't want your quarterback to have like a 7 GPA somehow? <laughs> With four parents all yeah, living in the true. same house? Yeah, he wants... He wants you to live in like the the rich version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, like that kid, his family. Yes. He wants as many exactly as many right. fatherly and motherly figures in the household at once. Yes. That is exactly correct. All right. Well, let's move on to the next quarterback signing because the Eagles picked up Marcus Mariota on a one year deal. I gotta say, Marcus Mariota is probably the best backup you can find right now. Yeah, I mean, he's turning into fucking Fitzmagic over here, just going around, playing for every team, not really doing too much, but having a having a little standout, and it looks good, and that just keeps him in the league enough to make some more money. Yeah, and like, 
I think he's the best case scenario backup for Jalen Hurts. They obviously they're not the same type of quarterback, but they can both work in a similar system. So if Jalen Hurts does go down again, like we saw late last year, Marcus Mariota could step in and run that offense. That's kind of why Gardner Minshew lost those two games. I don't think that system's made for Gardner Minshew to step in, but Marcus Mariota could run very similar plays to Jalen Hurts. Definitely. And I mean, if if you remember back to when he was at Oregon, that was just kind of what they did was ex- exactly what they're doing now. They they run the ball a good bit with the quarterback. They throw the ball a good bit, obviously, with the quarterback as well. So, you know, it makes sense to get somebody who can do the same thing as your starter, just not on as high of a level. That's like exactly what you should do as a backup quarterback. Yeah. And then the other backup quarterback move, Cooper Rush signed a two-year deal to remain in Dallas, uh, to remain the best quarterback on the Cowboys. Um, <laughs> look, just look at the numbers. I think he was better than Dak. Um, I think this is a great deal. I, I questioned the two years. I don't really know why. But either way, having Cooper Rush there obviously worked out because he won you plenty of games while Dak was out this year. And there's no reason he shouldn't have been brought back. Yeah, uh, honestly, he he proved his worth. Like I, like basically the opposite of what I said about Drew Locke. I mean, someone that's actually proved their value and worth in the NFL gets paid. That's that's how it should be. Yeah, and I I just want to step in because you said and lastly and all, but there's one more that you forgot about as a backup quarterback oh filling that God. Alex Moran role here with the Browns getting. The absolute genius that is Josh Dobbs, the Caillou himself. I feel like that was an uncalled for thing to say. (laughs) He doesn't deserve that. Amen. They're both bald and they both teach you a lot. I guess. I don't know what I'd learn from Caillou at this point in my life. I'm sure there's plenty of life lessons mixed into Caillou. I don't know why we're getting on a tangent of Caillou. Let's go back to Josh Dobbs. Who, Fuck that whiny bitch. Back, back to what I said. Didn't prove anything. Yes. But fuck it. It's the Browns, right? I mean, who cares? Yeah, well, he's played there before. That's where he got drafted. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That means I, he's going on a retirement tour, right? Uh, Maybe. I feel like <laughs> they like should. I, like I told you, and this is why you didn't want me to bring it up, but... uh. Josh Dobbs will make more money doing what he majored in than playing football. I say that right now wholeheartedly. Yeah, he's, he could be working for NASA right now. Yes. Instead, he works for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, which is a gigantic leap into the toilet. Yeah, well, like personally, I'd probably rather work for the Cleveland Browns than NASA. But if I worked my ass off for years to... I think he's like a doctor. I think he has his like PhD. If yeah, I so worked my ass Dr. off like Dobbs, that, man. I would not want to work or play for the Browns. I just want to step in and say that Japan just hit another home run. Yes, they did. Holy shit. Damn. Kuzama Okamoto, man. Absolute piss missile into the outfield. That was fire. All right. It's 3-1 Japan. Any other quarterbacks? I don't really have any other quarterbacks. Okay. Uh, Braxton Berrios, who got dropped just a couple of days ago by the Jets, he signed a one-year deal with the Dolphins. Uh, 
I don't know. He'll be there. I don't think he's going to have a huge impact. It's hard to get receptions when Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are on your team. Yeah, I mean, it depends if, you know, if two is throwing and he can actually have a clue who he's throwing to and he's not dizzy or anything. You know, maybe if he's too dizzy, he'll actually get receptions, though. Maybe. Yeah, maybe he'll be like, oh, that that white dude over there kind of looks like Jalen Waddle. Yeah, I mean, he's wearing the same color blue as us, right? Or green? Don't ask me. <laughs> All right. Darius Slay, a guy who will be wearing some green, returns to Philly. Uh, two years, $42 million. So this whole situation has been weird because Darius Slay made it kind of obvious that he wanted to be traded and then was like to the point where he was like, thank you to the Eagles and the fans. It was that far. And then like Trey Young was trying to get him to come to Atlanta. He was also looking at, uh, Jacksonville, and now he just randomly Philly wants to offer him the money. It's a yeah, weird I, move. I remember seeing on Twitter and some other news outlets that, like, you know, he was rumored talking to these other teams and, like, even more other teams than you just said that I, I can't remember the names of. And then I randomly see a tweet, like, later the same day that was, like, don't know where these rumors are coming from. Looks like he's going to stay in Philly. And then sure as shit, he signs right back with him. Yeah, and he got paid. That's for sure. Two years, $42 million. That's a lot. But I think he Good deserved Lord. it. Oh, for sure. I mean, if, if you saw what he was doing, then you know. Yeah. And then uh, punter Thomas Morstead signed with the Jets on St. Patrick's Day. He made like a... St. Patrick's Day post in like a Jets shirt um, saying that he was wearing green next year. Um, I think there's nothing I love more than a cool free agency post from a punter. Yeah. It, look, it's their only chance at the spotlight. Hey, man, punters are people too, Grayson. Be nice to them. Nope, don't care. We're moving on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tight end Mike Gesicki, a guy who I think is criminally underrated and underutilized, signed a one-year deal with the Patriots. Um, he needed to leave Miami because he just was not getting the looks. And what's a better place for a white athletic tight end to go? New England. Oh, of course. I mean, how can you not follow in the footsteps of Gronk and never be as good ever? Yeah. Or I mean, a there's fellow only... tight end of the Patriots that did some bad things. Okay, well, you know, that's an interesting take. Uh, we'll leave that one for the random comments. But still, I think Kasiki is, just like you said, criminally underrated. I mean, the man can ball. I mean, he, he gritties like no other. He catches the ball like every other tight end. He is mildly above average if I had to be honest. Yeah, but I feel like he's just not he's not talked about when it comes to like the top tight ends in the league only because he doesn't get the looks he deserves. And well when you have this this quarterback that can't see straight and these okay, other receivers yeah. who can run so fast that you don't see where they went and they're back in the locker room after the game already on the play. It's it's kind of hard to get receptions and Trust me, I had him on fantasy at one point, and you know, getting getting three points for a game is not fun for your tight end. Yeah, well, I had Pat Fryermuth, and that didn't go well either. Let's talk about Adam Thielen. Hey, though. shout out Luke, though. Yes, shout Go out Steelers. shout out Luke and Patty F. Let's talk about Adam Thielen. Three year deal with the Panthers. Um, 
this is a fantastic move, I feel. It, obviously, Adam Thielen is not the same wide receiver he once was, but the guy is an absolute reception machine. Solid after the catch. Obviously not like a big downfield threat, but a very reliable wide receiver. And it's just yet another signing that works so well for a rookie quarterback coming in to have on his team. Yeah, I mean, it's just your, you know, one of your top receivers from four years ago coming out here. He's going to get this rookie someone to throw to that he can trust, someone that's been there, done that, caught a ball from many people, always with the same team, of course. But it, this gives him someone he can trust and that's a little bit older. He doesn't have to worry about them being, you know, way too old. And I do want to mention that. His contract is structured as a three-year, 25 mil with 10 mil in the first year. How, what, how, what does that like mean to you, Grayson, for 10 mil in the first year of a $25 million contract? I just think that's a matter of cap space. Um, I think it's just them anticipating they're probably going to have to spend a little bit more money in the coming years, especially if this next year goes very well. Um, they obviously have the cap space to bring in all of these free agents that they have, and they've made some fantastic moves, very team-friendly moves as well. And I think that paying him more up front works out better in the long term. I would say so as well. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I just thought it was a little funky that, you know, the majority, you know, or almost the majority of your check is coming right away and maybe if that looked like more of a move if they don't think he's going to perform as well in a couple years or not but you know I, I like how you said it better rather than preying on his downfall yeah which there's obviously a chance that that's the case but Adam Thielen isn't like ridiculously old I, I want to say he's late 20s I could be wrong on that but he's still a solid wide receiver obviously Minnesota was just not the place for him anymore He's not going to get targets when Justin Jefferson's on his team and TJ Hawkinson's on his team. That's just not going to happen. And he deserves to get looks. He's a very solid, very reliable wide receiver. So going to the Panthers, who are trying to form a very good offense, is a great move. Yeah, and I, I just pulled it up. He's 32. 32, okay. And he'll be, he'll be 33 in August, so... He's definitely he's definitely pushing a little old for a wide receiver, I'd say. Yeah, but a guy that plays his style can play for a long time, like you know Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola, Wes Welker kind of guys. You talk about white receivers, Grayson. I sure am. Sneaky athletes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's move on before you get yourself canceled. <laughs> What, bro? He's sneaky athletic. Okay. Uh, Falcons signed wide receiver Mac Hollins. I think this is a fantastic pickup. I think that Mac Hollins is a pretty good wide receiver. Obviously, he's not wide receiver one. That's just not his role um, ever. It's not going to be. But once again, kind of like Adam Thielen, reliable, very good in like short yardage plays. I think that this pickup's pretty good for the Falcons. It's not like a game-changing pickup, but uh, one that definitely will help this offense next season. Yeah, I mean, he was he was pretty cheap as well. One year, 2.5, that's, that's a light money just to throw at a guy to occupy a defender so that Drake London can put the team on his back. Um, I do want to say Mac was 
only averaging about just over three receptions a game for only 690 yards. Um, he was getting like 38 yards per game roughly, which is like meh, which is like almost exactly what he needs to do. If he can maybe get to four receptions a game, again, let Drake London get those big routes. Let him get the majority of the receptions and targets to just push the ball way downfield. But Mac will be there as the sneaky guy to just get that that easy pass in the middle or, you know, that easy slant route or even maybe just hit a sli- like a nice little sneaky, sneaky deep route every now and then and just see if he gets open, and hit him deep for one. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic look at how he'll affect the Falcons. But let's talk about Laramie Tunsil. He got a huge payday. Um, obviously the left tackle, um, for the Texans signed a three year, $75 million extension. Larry Mitunsel just continues to get paid every year and he 100% deserves it. He has been so dominant at left tackle. It's so hard to just get past this guy. Yeah. I mean, he's an absolute menace to society. You see him in a gas mask with a, you know, a little bit of (laughs) weed with him and, and an absolute menace. I mean, everyone, when that video came out, I remember everyone was like, oh, this guy's going to drop all the way down the boards. He's not getting drafted after being like a top 10, top five projected pick. And then he, you know, he did fall a good way. And then he said, hey, everybody, fuck you. And now he's just absolutely letting everybody know that they should not have passed on him. Yeah, certainly. And the Texans could definitely use him for the future, and that's exactly what they did here. Yes, for sure. Uh, offensive guard Isaac Sayumalo signed a three-year, $24 million contract with the Steelers, just trying to protect Kenny Pickett because, good Lord, does he need some help. Oh, yes. I mean, they might as well put Luke on the line at this point. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many of you people know what look, Luke looks like, but I, I he's not a big he's not a big guy, but I have a feeling even he could help protect Kenny Pickett. I'm sure every team would allow Luke to play as a blocker. I as don't know about man. That. I have a feeling they wouldn't mind letting that kid get destroyed. No offense, Luke, but they'd run you over. Yeah, it'd be funny. It would be kind of funny, Luke. I'm sorry. I love you and all, but you're getting <laughs> you're getting rolled up and rolled back out in the ambulance. And then one of my favorite moves of really the whole Lions offseason when they've made some fantastic moves, picking up CJ Gardner-Johnson on a pretty small deal is a huge move. Their secondary has just improved tenfold in this free agency so far. Oh, yeah. I mean, one year, eight million. I mean, did you see this guy's hits in the Super Bowl? Pacheco tries to run it up the middle and gets absolutely lit up. Sends him back five years in brain development. Very next play, he finally gets back on his feet. He gets the ball again. And who's in his face yet again? C.J. Gardner-Johnson to absolutely make sure that he didn't get any development back into his... A little bit of technical difficulties there, but let's get into some NFL news. Uh, Lamar Jackson was waived by the Broncos. Cornerback Lamar Jackson was waived by the Broncos. This isn't a big deal. I just thought it was very funny. I I saw your note about that, and somehow it's still just my heart just sank for a second. (laughs) It 
it still got me. I've read the note multiple times because I was like, what is he trying to tell me? And somehow I was still like, there's no fucking way that just happened. Yep, Lamar Jackson has officially been waived by the Broncos. That's really unfortunate for Lamar, I, I will say. Yeah, Poor that guy. one. That hope he gets one. back on his feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope he gets back on his feet, though. Yeah. Uh, Dolphins, another guy who we hope gets back on his feet. The Dolphins exercise to his fifth-year option for 2024. They bring him back. I believe he's getting like 27 a year uh, on that fifth-year option. I, I don't get it here. Like, yeah, you understand exercising the fifth-year option. I feel like this would have been the time to give him an extension. This is the first year that you can give him an extension and... I think this is just a little bit of injury hesitation from the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, do we know if he's even okay now? Like, has anything come out? I know, you know, back-to-back concussions and throwing up gang signs in the middle of a field is never a good thing. It yeah. it just can't be. Like, is he even going to be able to play in 2024? Like, if they put him out on the field this year, and somebody absolutely lights him up. Are is he gonna live through it? Like genuinely, I am worried about him at this point. Yeah, like it's a, a true health concern at this point. From the condition that we saw him in twice in a matter of weeks, that's just something that we don't. I, I don't want to see Tua have to retire because of that. That would just be a very sad thing. I hope he majored in something good like Josh Dobbs did, though, if he is going to retire. It's a fair point. One guy that did retire, though, kicker Josh Lambeau. Um, I believe most recently he was with the Jags. Uh, fun fact about Josh Lambeau, before he entered the NFL, he was a goalkeeper in the MLS for three years. You know, weirdly enough, that's not surprising at all. And I do want to point out that he was an 87% field goal kicker, which is just, you know, it's, I, I don't know if that's a great career, but that sounds good, right? It's more than 50%, which is always good. Yeah, it's pretty solid. I think the most memorable thing is that he got kicked by Urban Meyer. Yeah, I mean, apparently he tried to sue him as well. Yeah, I, I would too if uh, my head coach kicked me. Yeah, I mean, the the judge threw out the case, but. You know, he still tried. Urban needs to stick to his tar- target demographic. Yes, young women. Yeah, in uh, his own I just want to also please. throw out that... Oh, wow. Uh, I just want to throw out as well that Josh Lambeau is the same age as Adam Thielen. I know we were talking about Adam Thielen being a little bit older. Josh Lambeau, a kicker, is already retiring. Yeah, but I think that's just a matter of, like, what else is there for me to do? Yeah, that's true. I mean, just just keep kicking, you know? Yeah, that's a, a great advice for Josh Lambeau. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to was... lie. I feel like it's a great job, but it's it's got to be boring to just be sitting there on the sidelines waiting for your turn to go out there and kick a ball really hard off the tee and then sit back down. Yeah, but at least you get to celebrate if you make it. Yeah, that's true. You know, you, they hold it, you kick it up there. It's like, oh, yeah, cool. High five from everybody, and then they forget your name until you make a big one. Yeah, the head coach is just on the side. He's like, uh, "What that you you get on I'm the field?" Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Urban Meyer learned his name from the lawsuit. Probably when he got presented with a subpoena 
He was like, yeah, Fuck. exactly. <laughs> he's like, who is that? And then he was like, holy shit, he's on the roster. <laughs> yeah, he, he looked it up on the Jaguars yeah. website. <laughs> yeah, he was Googling it on his phone, you know, and he's old, so he's using one finger to type as well. He's got like his readers on the edge of his nose. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just sitting there struggling. He's like, honey, honey, who's this guy? <laughs> Why is he suing me? Oh, yeah, I kicked him at practice. <laughs> Apparently, uh, he also alleged misconduct, but, you know. I'm know. sure there was plenty of misconduct. Oh, yeah, in that bar. <laughs> That's true. That, that was misconduct. Some conduct against some misses. Okay, we're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, move on. I, I right. said we had to move on earlier because you were going to get canceled. Keep going. Donta Hightower is officially retired from the NFL, uh, memorably uh, with the Patriots for multiple Super Bowls. Uh, fantastic linebacker. I, I don't think he's like a Hall of Fame level guy. I think he's like that level where it's like the Hall of Very Good kind of guy. Yeah, he's one of those names that like I feel like Patriots fans are going to be like, yo, you remember Donta Hightower? And other guys are going to be like, holy shit, yeah. And then nobody else will remember the name. Yeah. Um, and then the Texans uh, traded Brandon Cooks, which I talked about. They traded him to the Cowboys for a 2023 fifth rounder and a 2024 sixth rounder. To me, this seems low. But I I genuinely don't know what the market for Brandon Cooks looked like because last year at the trade deadline, it was highly expected that he was going to leave. And like yeah, it seemed like course. he wanted to leave. And they just Who wouldn't. That's fair. It, but they just wouldn't trade him. And it got him frustrated. He sat out a couple of games. So I think that that just lowered his value on the trade market because he obviously wanted to go. And, you know, the Cowboys obviously used that as leverage to only give up a fifth and a sixth. Oh, for sure. And, and now it's just another person for Dak to look at while he throws to the other team. Yeah. Or when he just chucks a ball up to CD Lamb and hopes he catches it. Yeah, which ends up with the other team as well. Eh, it didn't like 106 times. Yeah, I'd say about 50% of the time. Yeah, probably. CD Lamb's going to catch it. And then, the other 50%, the other team. Yes. Uh, Odell addressed the rumors of his uh, fiscal demands in free agency. He tweeted, I'm just so confused where the quote is from uh, that said, I want 20. Uh, a crying emoji, eye rolling emoji. All I'm saying is four ain't enough. Okay, so Odell doesn't want 20. That means he wants 19, probably. I feel like Odell really wants to get paid, and I don't understand where he thinks he has the merit to ask for that. I mean, yeah. I mean, he did, you know, he's a great receiver. Don't get me wrong, but his, the presence he brings to a locker room just doesn't seem to work out well for any team so far. He He's always in controversy on Twitter and on Instagram lives somehow, like getting into trouble. And it's like, what what are you doing with your life? And I mean, if he doesn't want four, but he's also saying that he doesn't want 20, you know, I have to guess that he's going more towards the middle of like a, a, a 12 to 16 range. I have a feeling that's kind of what he's looking for is probably, you know, everyone wants to get paid. So I'm sure he's looking more for 
that upper area of like 16 to 18. But I have a feeling if someone does sign him, it's going to be 15 or 16. Yeah, but I feel like Odell is in a situation where if he wanted to, he could just keep holding out until somebody's stupid enough to pay him. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I, I don't know. I, I feel like Odell could definitely add to plenty of teams. Like the Ravens would be a fantastic landing spot for him. Do they have the money to pay him? Probably not if anybody offers Lamar a contract because they'll just True. try to match. If they match a contract for Lamar, they certainly can't pay Odell. So, oh yeah, I, I don't know. He there's plenty of spots for him to go. It's just a matter of money, and like you said, four isn't enough. But is seven enough? Is ten enough? Like, yeah, that's the problem. Odell, t- tweet and say what's enough. Obviously, I mean you're you're putting emojis in there. Tell us, tell us what's enough. Tell us, please. Tell all of us. And you know, interesting idea here. What if he doesn't really want more money and he's kind of cooling it right now? And if he can't really get a contract, what's stopping him from, you know, playing in the XFL or, you know, the Arena Football League or even the CFL? Could you imagine someone with Odell's talent going from the NFL, being a star, having one of those legendary catches of all time, going to the CFL where you can get a running start as a wide receiver? I'll tell you the one thing that is in the way of that outside of the money um, pride. You know, you've got a You've got a point, but <laughs> he would, he would most likely win the MVP. I don't know what they call it up, up North there, but he would most likely win whatever it is. And just because he would walk up to the quarterback and say, throw me the fucking ball every play or I'll have you gone. Yeah. He probably would have the power to like, do that. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to give him that power. Like, how could you not? It's Odell fucking Beckham. Like, like, the coach has to sit there and be like, yeah, this guy, it's a LeBron at that point. You know, this guy runs the team. If he wants someone, we're going to go get him. If he doesn't want someone, pack your bags, buddy. Yeah, Odell's just going to build his own super team of LSU players that went undrafted. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, ex-NFL players and everybody that, you know, wants to go up there and just destroy people. Hey, you could probably pick up Leonard Fournette. That's that's probably true. And, hey, Odell, if you, if you do hear this and you want a good idea for a receiver, hit me up. I know who you should get. Yeah, of course. We've talked about him on the show before. That's true. Shout out, shout out Jay Darbs. For real. All right. Let's talk about Zeke because Matt Lombardo reported uh, an NFL GM that he was conversing with uh, gave his opinion to Matt Lombardo. He said he's lost his burst, still tough, great in pass pass protection, instinctive runner, but doesn't have the same juice or legs he had in the past. He's not a featured back. I feel like – Excuse me? I feel I like this is in just... the past when talking about Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, he was good at one point. He's 27. What do you mean in the past? He's been in the league for what, six years? Five years, six years? Uh, um, it's looking like 
uh, technically seven seasons. Yeah, like the guy has been in the league and has been good before. He just isn't that good anymore. And of course, he's not a featured running back, but I still think that there's a spot for Zeke. It's not as like a star, super high paid running back, but he certainly has a spot on a team somewhere because he's still a skilled running back. He can still produce numbers, just not at the same level he was in the past. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, I feel like it almost comes back to a, a Devin, like I said about Devin Singletary, it's just being a Jamal Williams, being the guy who gets a, a one-yard rushing touchdown every time. You know, you never have a, a rush more than like seven yards all season, but you have, you know, 10 touchdowns somehow, and you have 100 yards on the season. You know, he's he's a powerful guy, and he can get going quick. But at the same time, if you look at his numbers, since his third season, everything's been downhill. He went from 467 down to 420, or sorry, 567 down to 420, then 338, 287. And then last year, Oh, sorry. I'm looking at receiving yards. I was about Good to say Lord. that sounds very. Yeah, I might, low. I might, I might be special. Hold up. <laughs> um, sorry, sorry, sorry. Still, he went from 1434 down to 1357, even farther down to 979. Goes a little bit back up to 1002, and then drops all the way down to 876. Which, if you look at it, is almost half of what he had his rookie season. I'm like, like he was a beast at, at one point. Yeah, at at this point, I think maybe it is time to just make him a basically a fullback or a third down back where he just shoves the ball for two yards and they let him take a breather and get a Twinkie on the sidelines. I'm sure he would enjoy that. I'm sure he would. That big boy needs to eat. But on top of this news, Matt Lombardo also stated that the Bills are a team to watch for Zeke. So once again, I called this. The when me and Luke reported that the Bill or that the Cowboys released Zeke, I said he should go to the Bills. If this happens, this would be my third call in free agency. I mean, and it makes sense. You lose Devin Singletary, you get Zeke, they do the same goddamn thing. Yes. I just think Zeke has like, a little yeah. more upside. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I think Devin Singletary doesn't have that potential to even be uh, like, you know, RB1 who's rushing for 200 yards in a, a game every now and then. But I think Zeke has that that very, you know, you know, they always say the chances are low but never zero. But I think Zeke has that chance to to go for something big, to, you know, put him in on first down instead of third down every time, like a Jamal Williams type deal. But at the same time, I think that's where Zeke would work best right now. And especially what the bills need is a solid star running back, not a guy who they can push for two yards. The one thing they missed all season was someone who could put up a hundred rushing yards yeah. and take some of the pressure off Josh Allen's poor shoulders from carrying the team all year. And from having to chuck the ball downfield every play. Yeah, good lord. I would, you know, the the tendons in his shoulder must be crying. Oh, I'm sure. But let's talk about Cam Newton. I never thought I would ever talk about him again. <laughs> I'll be honest. I didn't I did not think that 
I would ever have to bring up Cam Newton in NFL news ever again. But he's working out at Auburn's Pro Day. Okay, whatever. He was asked uh, about his participation. He said, ain't 32 motherfuckers better than me. Look, I liked Cam Newton when he was in college. Uh, You know, when he went to the Super Bowl, he was the MVP. But I got to be honest. There certainly is 32 motherfuckers better than you. And the NFL is just done with Cam Newton. I don't care if he thinks he's better than people because he just, like, the people that he thinks he's better than probably have actual upside to them. Cam doesn't have upside anymore. Yeah, I mean, he's still, you know, like I said, there's always a chance. There really is. But, like, what team could you see him getting a spot? Like, who's going to sign him? And, like, and like, what would they even like? What is he gonna do? He he already proved that he couldn't do it. Yeah, he, he twice played. He went well. He did great. Then he started falling off. Then he got a second chance, and it still didn't go well. Who who does he think? I want to know. I want him to name the people that he's better than because I'd love to hear him the names he would say. Because there's to no even... way he's better than Mahomes. Josh well, Allen, duh. like no, unless he's counting all thirty-two backups, like then maybe, but I don't even think he's the best backup. No, he's not. It's obviously Marcus Mariota um, <laughs> or Taylor Heineke. I mean, okay, yeah, probably, yeah, it probably is Heineke, honestly, or but, uh, Cooper Rush. Yeah, Cooper Rush, solid backup, but like, like the, I'm trying to think of the worst starting quarterbacks next season. It, it's going to be like. Jordan Love, but I think he has tremendous upside. Um, we, well, we don't know that yet, so we'll yeah, see. That's true. Uh, I guess Sam Howell, once again, another guy who has potential, very young player. Um, like a bunch of guys are going to get drafted this year. They're probably going to start. I wouldn't say that Cam's like, I'm sure that Cam understands the game in the NFL better than them because they've never played, but he's not better than them. I would honestly say that Cam Newton and Stetson Bennett might be on the same level. I don't know. I think Stetson throws a better ball. Wow. He throws There's a good some ball. people that I really hope just heard that because they are never going to let you hear the end of it. I know exactly who you're talking about, too. And yep. that one person who really likes Auburn can turn to the person who he's probably standing next to when he's hearing this, and they can hash it out themselves. They will love to debate that just as much as I would love to debate that you. I think they're. I think they are dead even. I think they both have a good running talent. I think they can both throw a good ball. I, I, I will agree. Stetson could probably throw a more accurate pass if you gave them both a hundred passes and told them to throw them. I think Stetson gets him more than Cam Newton does, but I also think that Cam Newton just brings the knowledge. And the, you know, they're almost the same age at this point. Fuck, I mean. But Cam Newton brings that experience, and that's the only thing that balances them back out. Yeah, I, I got to put an end to this conversation. The fact that we're talking, uh, we're comparing Cam Newton and Stetson Bennett in 2023. We're talking about these two quarterbacks is ridiculous. So <laughs> let's talk about 
Just how are we comparing Cam Newton to anybody at this point, buddy? Go sit on the couch and go to the Kids' Choice Awards again or something. Yeah, keep buying cool hats, though. Yeah, that's true. He does have a cool hat collection. Let's talk about this ridiculous tweet that I saw on my timeline a couple of days ago that I just decided to put in here because it's so ridiculous. Um, The new Bengals offensive lineman, Orlando Brown, during his pre-draft interview um, with the then Bengals head coach, Marvin Lewis, was asked what the capital of Spain was. Orlando Brown answered Portugal. Excuse me? Yeah, capital of Spain is Portugal. So he didn't even think to name a, a country or a city. No. He named a whole other country. Yes. Same peninsula. Do we have his Wonderlick score? Can we find that? I'm sure we could. I'll start looking. Hold on. But look, I'm going to cut him some slack. He's probably Why? never been to Spain. Doesn't mean that I'm going to excuse the fact that he thinks Portugal is the capital of Spain. But yeah, no. I feel like international capitals are not common knowledge. He should probably yeah, know. Like, he should uh, know that Portugal is not a city. But I will say, like, okay, I know that the capital of Spain is Madrid. But if you add, I don't know the capital of. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of countries. I don't know the capital of. Um, Belarus. I don't know the capital of Belarus. If you asked me what it was, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say Finland. But like, you're not going to name a country that you should probably know of. Fair. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, like he's got to know that that's a a whole other country, right? He doesn't have to. I don't know that me. Where did he go to school? Orlando Brown? Yeah. I'm I'm blanking on it, but I'll pull it up. Because I probably should have looked up Junior. I don't care about his <laughs> Yeah, that's a good idea. Oklahoma. Come on. And they couldn't even teach him what Portugal was? Even worse, he went to Peachtree Ridge High School in Sewanee, Georgia. Oh wow. That Georgia education is something, let me tell you. Yeah, it's doing wonders for me. Yeah, it's it's something. <laughs> Did you find his Wonderlick? I'm still looking. I think I might have found it. Give me one second. You just keep talking while I read this real quick. Yeah, well, there's not much else I can talk about. Uh, Orlando Brown, fantastic offensive lineman, once again inexcusable to say that Portugal is the capital of Spain, but I'm going to cut him slack. At least he got the same peninsula. It'd have been worse if he said Italy. Yeah, he was, he was close sort of, uh, he scored a 15 by the way. That's not bad. That's like, uh, what? That's 30%. 15 out of 50. Uh, Baker Mayfield got 25. So, all right, never mind. That's bad. So did Dak Prescott. What did Johnny Manziel get? I think he got like a four, five. Oh God, I really hope somewhere not. in there. But yeah, we don't have time to look up that one because I'm no. Yeah, it's not even worth it. Uh, let's talk about Jalen Ramsey. He had an interesting thing to say about his new head coach Mike McDaniel. He was quoted as saying, "Coach is a little weird, but we're all weird in our own way. He's not fake. He seems cool." 
<laughs> I'm glad I that Jalen Ramsey. I think Mike McDaniel is a real G. I think he just said that Mike McDaniel is a weirdo, and I'm glad that he agrees with everybody else that's ever watched him on the sideline because he is weird. Like, Yeah, I mean, if you saw this guy walking down the street, you'd think he was like a high school chemistry teacher. Yeah, like, I think that's a fair assumption. Yeah, you're not going to think that this guy coaches a team in the NFL. Someone might walk up to this guy and be like, Mr. McDaniel. Did did we finish the lesson? I was sick yesterday. Yeah, there's a high chance that people would mix him up with like uh, probably a sophomore year of high school, um, like on-level chemistry class teacher. Yeah, he he looks like he, you know, is very nice to people. So I definitely don't see him being an honors teacher or anything high up. But I could definitely see him helping those nice kids figure out how to mix some chemicals together. Yeah, I think he'd be good at that. Oh, definitely. but he is good at coaching football. Uh, I do question yeah, so, his decision So maybe making. maybe he would still be Coach McDaniel, and he'd be you know the the first ever high school football coach that's also a chemistry teacher instead of a history teacher, or like an ISS teacher. Yeah, or a you know a health or something. Yeah, but yeah, Jalen Ramsey's just simply right. Mike McDaniel is weird, <laughs> for sure. And then Austin Eckler. Um, uh, obviously recently put in a trade request, um, said his thank yous and goodbyes to the Chargers fans and Chargers team. Um, he was quoted saying, I'm so underpaid right now as far as my contract and what I contribute to the team. I think yeah, he's, I mean, there's, there's two parts to that team and it's him and the quarterback. That's really about it. Yeah. Well, the defense has a ton of money tied up in it with Khalil Mack, Derwin James, uh, Joey Bosa, and the rest of the overpaid players. Not that those three are overpaid except Joey Bosa, but um, just the rest of that defense makes a ton of money. They still haven't paid Justin Herbert. So I feel like this is – it's not that he's being undervalued by the Chargers. It's that they've got to pay Justin Herbert whether it's this offseason or next, and it's at Austin Eckler's expense. Yeah, which is really unfortunate because he is very good. I mean, that's someone you wouldn't want to lose if you can afford it. Like, if you can afford to pay him, that is not somebody you want to just give up on. Yeah, Because he's going to go somewhere, and he's going to say, watch this, and just show out like it's nothing. Yeah, the guy is a fantastic running back, like a top 10 in the league. But I I just, I don't know why you have to put up, like, shit like this. Like, why why do you have to say that? You can say it in your negotiations. Yes, and that's something you you keep off of the internet and you you say privately to people or, you know, you say after you're actually off the team and everything. And I do want to throw this into the hat. How do you feel about him being a bill? Ugh, I don't know. Do you think the Bills could even pay it? I don't think so. Because there's a lot of guys that need to get some money on that team. That's true. You're very correct. I don't know. I feel like there's spots where he could fit in. Like, I know Philly doesn't have huge cap space. He would be ridiculously good on Philly. Um, I'm trying to think. 
it's hard because a lot of teams have like solid running backs to choose from. Yeah, he, I mean, he would like work, I said, oh, me the and, Bills me are and, someone that needs him, but me and Luke talked about it last week. I just remember this. I said that he'd be fantastic on the Bears. They're a team with a ton of cap space, and he would really fit that team. Where because Austin Eckler, as much as he's a fantastic running back, his receiving skills are ridiculous. And yeah, I mean that's what sets him apart from other top running backs in the league. Yeah, one hundred percent, and that would fit so well with Justin Fields' play style, where it's kind of you know run and gun, see what's open. If there's nothing, run. If there's nothing, dump to your running back. Throwing the ball to Austin yeah. Eckler is never a bad option. No, I mean he's a he's a beast. Once he catches that ball, he grabs that thing and he's gone. Doesn't even matter. Yeah, the guy is an absolute baller. So. There's plenty of teams that could use him. It's just a matter of who's going to give up the most to the Chargers. Honestly. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the NFL news, unless you have anything else, Nathan. No, I do not. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit of college football stuff, and then we're going to get into that mascot draft. So I'm going to pose this question to you, Nathan. Would college football be better? if it had the same amount of parity as college basketball? Oh, yeah, by far. I think college football needs parity. I think it's – I would honestly go out and say it's. this is a wild take. College football is boring when the same four teams win every year. It's, I'm, it's, it's annoying at this point. I want to see someone small show up, show out, and show us what's going on. But at the end of the day, it comes down to a bunch of things is, the reason they're not you know i'd love to see a group of five school come out and have the talent and the players and the coaching to be at the top and you know get ranked at the top as well but you know the biggest thing that it comes down to is recruiting you know you don't see a team like minnesota showing up in the top four and you know it's because a lot of your top quarterbacks come from they come from california they come from georgia florida texas None of those idiots want to go to Minnesota. They don't. Who who would want to do that? Who wants to go from a nice warm state where it's it's warm most of the year, you're good, to Minnesota for the year, for four years even? Plus, yeah. you also got the NIL deals too that these big schools can now keep up with that some of these smaller schools can't. Yeah, I think that that is what... But it, you know, kind of at the same time, NIL and the transfer portal have opened the door for more parity in college football because more guys can just be like, you know what? I want playing time. I know I came here, but I still have this NIL deal with this company, whether I transfer or not. Why don't I go here, be a starter, show my worth, and possibly get a better look at making it to the NFL? than just sitting here and doing nothing. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. And I, I did some some research on 24-7 Sports, which is a great scouting website for high school football and everything, just because good players want to play with good players. You know, if someone enters the transfer portal, you know, a, a, the backup quarterback at Alabama, let's say, enters the transfer portal, he's he knows that he's good. He got to Alabama. He knows he's good. He's not going somewhere small. He's not going to your two lanes your UCFs, unless, you know, that's where he fits. But he's not going to some of those group of five schools or anything. He's sticking most likely in the SEC, maybe going outside into a different power five school. But 
he's not going to go to a school where the receivers aren't good or the scheme doesn't fit him. He's still going to sit with a top team, which is what almost makes it boring because these other schools aren't getting those top recruits to then be able to pull in those kids from the transfer portal. Um, I was looking at 27 Sports. And I sorted it by QBs only from this past, you know, fall season of high school football. And there, you know, obviously all these guys are committed. And it only took me to scroll to the number 13 quarterback on the list to find a QB going to the same school as somebody else rated higher than him. And it happens again at number 31 already. Which means that there's two people already going to the same schools as somebody better than them, which means one of them's going to get beat out. And then what happens? One of them's either the backup to the other, or they're both backups, and you now have the second and third strings. I mean, how is that going to help them? And then they're going to transfer because they already know they're good, and they were good enough to get here, that they can then just go to another Power 5 school. And then again, nobody... In the group of five, nobody at the lower end of the power five schools, your schools like Missouri, uh, Virginia Tech, uh, some of those kind of schools are going to get anywhere. Yeah, I think that that's it's tough because in college football, it's much more about the history of programs, I feel. And the best programs and the most historic programs recruit the best players. It comes down to the boosters. It comes down to the coaching staffs that can get the scholarship money even. Like, a lot of these teams have huge budgets, and they have the things that just, whoa, recruits. Like, look, I'm sure that there is some college football head coach that will come to your home, wherever you live, and sit down and have dinner with your family but when Nick Saban comes the next day or Kirby Smart comes the next day and is like and does the exact same thing and he also is like yeah I've won this many championships or I have this many guys that have gone to the league how are you going to turn them down exactly and it's just like it's so difficult for someone that you know even like I said your other top or bottom Power five schools, how are they going to pull somebody in? Um, I did a little more digging, and there's 68 and a half schools because what the fuck is Notre Dame in Power five conferences? Which means that if every team got one quarterback off the top, you know, in, in you know in order based on top quarterbacks in the country, 19 schools wouldn't even get the best quarterback in a state at all. Seven of the top 50 high school recruits in California are quarterbacks going to a Power 5 school. Seven, right? Of the top 50 high school recruits in California are QBs going to a Power 5 school. Which means that that means other schools would then be having to get, you know, your worst player or your first best player in Arkansas or in Alaska. As their best quarterback. Which yeah. means they're not getting the top talent. They're just not. And there's 133 schools in the FBS. You're telling me somebody would have to get the number 133 rated quarterback and try to beat like the number one? 
it's just not happening. And they're not going to be able to pull anybody in. Because like I said earlier, good players want to play with good players. So yeah. why is any top, you know, the number, the top 10 wide receivers are not going to follow the number 133 quarterback. Because why the fuck would they want to do that? He's number 133 for some reason. Yeah, I feel like in what what makes that statistic even harder to follow is like what you said. There's guys that just within the top 15 players that both go to the same school. There's guys yeah. littered throughout the top 100 quarterbacks that are all going to the same schools. And yeah. year after year, these guys go to these same schools and they just stack up like it's exactly what happened at Georgia. Stetson Bennett kind of showed up out of nowhere, but you had Brock Vandegrift, you had Carson Beck, you had, I believe Dewan Mathis was there with those two as well. And you also had Stetson Bennett and JT Daniels. Like what the fuck is happening there? Like, how do you make that decision? Honestly, like it, it just doesn't make any sense. And I mean, if you look at a lot of like colleges recruiting classes and their depth charts, you see that a lot of them, their quarterback rooms are young because these kids just commit and then transfer. And then another commit comes in and beats them out. And then they transfer again to some small school because now they haven't played. And then now at these smaller schools, you see kids like a Max Duggan or, you know, even like Stetson, where they've now played for, you know, three years, but they've barely played. They've just been on the team. They're just there. They're, yeah. they're playing left bench at that point. So, like, what's the point at this? Like, you know, the parody needs to be there because it's so boring to watch. You know, if you look at the top 25, how many teams really change year to year? Honestly, it's not that many. You know, there's a good percentage of them. Too too much percentage, I would say, that are still in there year after year. And it's it's it'd be nice to see teams that can then compete and stay competitive as well. Yeah. But it's something that I I honestly don't think we will ever see it. No, that's the that's the thing is, yes, of course, college football would be a better thing to view if week after week we had no idea if Alabama was going to win. They wouldn't be a 35 point favorite over a conference opponent. Obviously, college football would be better that way. It's just, is it even feasible? And it's not. No, not at all. Like there's so many guys on these rosters and that's why. I thought this question was interesting because it poses it against college basketball. There's only 15 guys on an active college basketball roster. There's a shitload of guys on an active college football roster. And if there's a really good team, they're going to get a lot of those really good players on that roster, which leaves a pretty good team to get nothing. Whereas in college basketball, if you're a top recruit in the nation, there's really only going to be like four of them max in the top 100 going to one school. Yeah, and that's why you see so many basketball players that didn't go to big schools. There's tons of them that didn't go to big schools that turned out to be Hall of Famers, all-time greats. Someone like 
Dwayne Wade, who went to what, Marquette, right? Yeah, before they were good. Like, yeah, exactly. There's plenty of others that went to not as known schools or, you know, not as big schools. I mean, fuck Steph Curry and Dayton. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Damian Lillard went to Weber State. Yeah, what football player are coming out of these small schools? You know, obviously there is a couple littered in there. I would say there's probably more basketball players in the Hall of Fame from smaller schools than football players in their Hall of Fame. Uh, I, you know, I can't confirm that right now, but I would I think imagine. there's just too many people in the NFL Hall of Fame to compare. That could be true as well. But I, okay, I the percentage wise, yeah, percentage wise, I think you're probably right. As much as there are fantastic NBA players that come from the Blue Bloods, you know, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, UConn, those kind of schools. There is so many guys that come from just like like Creighton, like teams like yeah, like Creighton and George, like obviously Georgetown is a, a successful college basketball program. It's not a big school, but I mean, you had the gunslinger himself coming out of Murray State, John Morant. That, yes, gunslinger used very, <laughs> very seriously. Yes, too seriously. Everyone be safe. <laughs> Yeah, don't go to Shotgun Willie's. Yeah, John Morant's there, and he's a danger to society right now. <laughs> an absolute menace. <laughs> yes, yeah, some would say an absolute menace. All right. Anything else you have to talk about with that one? I think that was a fantastic spiel you just went on. Thank you. I mean, I just, I it's so boring, you know. Every, you know, I've, I've almost, I've definitely slowed down my college football watching as I've gotten older. Because it's, you know, it's the same thing. You know, you you turn a game on and you know who's most likely winning. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, everybody is favorited by more points than they should be. You know, it'd be so nice. I mean, I was looking at some, you know, you know, I don't gamble. I'm just putting that out there. But I was looking at some lines for games and money lines and everything. And even fairly Dickinson. Fairly Dickinson as a 16 seed upsets the number one and they still didn't have the greatest of odds, but it's closer than it probably should have been to the team they were playing in the second round. And uh, that's what you should see. Yeah. You know, you would have thought, okay, they're not going to do it again. Let's give them trash odds. They can't win again. No, people were like, hold on. These guys could be legit. You see Tulane win a game, but the next game they you know, they play against a Power Five school. They're you know set to be an underdog by a million. Yeah, it just they it doesn't matter. They they just don't think it can happen again. But then you see in the March Madness, and this year March has been filled with madness. You see all of this where teams can do anything, and you know obviously we can't do a sixty-four man team playoff in college football or. You know, it just would take forever and it would be horrible and last uh, uh, the whole year at that point. But obviously, you know, we have it expanding already, which I think is a great start to seeing, you know, these teams that can do it. Because if you're a 12th seed and you come in there and you upset in your first game and you're a group of five beating, you know, a top SEC team or something, immediately immediately your recruiting goes up a level because people are like, these guys mean business. I saw what they did. 
They know what they're doing. That coach looks good. I like that scheme. Get me in there. Especially for people who know they're not top-tier talent. You know, they're not your Alabama, your Georgia wide receivers. They see this other school that just beat Alabama or Georgia, and they're like, I'd like to play there. And boom, now they're up there. Now they can stay up there. And it just, that's how it happens, is you get that big pool where anything can happen, and suddenly everything is crazy. Yeah, I think you made a ton of great points throughout that whole thing. But thank you. Let's move on. FanDuel released a couple of win totals for college football, and I have some particular takes about some of these. So I think these are wildly inaccurate spots to put them. 100%. Okay. So I'm, not a, are, I'm not too much of a gambling man, but I might take some free money. Yeah, like it's ridiculous because Georgia is slated at 11.5. Okay. I get it because that's probably as high as they're willing to go. Yeah, I mean, that means what? They're making the playoff, right? And winning the first game? or, uh, or no, let, that no, that would be what? they would go undefeated before the conference championship. And that would put them at 12? Yeah. Okay. So, like, it's possible, but, like, is it? Is it really? Yeah. Like, like I mean, I guess it is. But I'm I would be very tempted to hit the under on that. No. No, because like really? well, no no no. So the, the win total is all of their games, I believe. It might exclude like the postseason, but um, you know, I'm not too sure on how they do these, but I would so assume does that include bowl games? Yes, I would assume it does. Oh um, I'd be smashing the over for Georgia. Really? At 11 and a half? Yeah. You're saying they win the conference again? Yeah. Wow. That's a hot take. I I don't think I agree with that one, Grayson. Uh, I don't know. But I don't really have an exclamation for it, or an explanation for it, but I just don't agree. I just don't think that they're going to... They might do it again, but I just don't see it happening. I don't think they're going to three-peat. I don't think that's likely, but... I certainly think they have a chance to get back to the playoff. I don't know. And it's going to take 12 wins to get there. Really? You think that's what it's going to take this year? Maybe. I, I'd say it's more realistically 11 uh, to make it. You could probably get your 12th in that first one, but I don't know. It, it's definitely going to be different. But Michigan and Ohio State are slated at 10.5. That one just makes sense to me because one of them has to lose. <laughs> Yeah, this is like that's like the perfect line for them to set because they're gonna play each other, which yeah. means one of them will probably go over and the other will probably go under. Yeah, that um, certainly could happen. So like uh, I, I don't know what I'd be taking though. I mean, Michigan has looked good the last what, they beat them the last two years, right? Yeah. So it it it'd be hard to not bet on Michigan, but also like didn't Michigan just lose everything? Kind of, but Ohio State like, lost their quarterback, and he wasn't their wide receiver one last year because he was out, but their best wide receiver. Well, yeah, but, I mean, that means you have another wide receiver one already there. Yes, Marvin Harrison Jr. is ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Is fantastic the, as well. 
I think they'll be fine on the receivers. I'm sure they have a quarterback lined up that can throw a ball, and that's all he's got to do if the receivers are that good. So, I mean, I could see Ohio State coming back and saying, hey, we're back this time. Yeah, it certainly could happen. I think Michigan has done a fantastic job recruiting, and they've done a much better job than Ohio State in the transfer portal. I think that's where I give Michigan the edge is how well they do in the transfer portal because you're just bringing in guys that already have experience. It's much more important than bringing in you know freshmen. Yes. So, I don't know. I think I'd take the over on Michigan, take the – I don't know. I – it's hard to say that Ohio State won't win 11 games. They could meet in the last week of the season both at 11 and 0. That's a likely possibility. It's what happened this past year. That's true. I just I have a feeling somebody's going to lose a game here. And I mean, I'm looking it now and it looks State. like Ohio. That's true. I'm looking right now and it looks like most likely uh Ohio State's quarterback is going to be Kyle McCord, who's a junior. Um, I don't really have any stats on him or anything, but if he's been playing in other places and just got here, I could definitely see him being solid. But at the same time, right behind him is a redshirt freshman, Devin Brown, who, you know, is he's from Utah. I don't know how good the football scene is in Utah. So, you know, Kyle, Kyle's from Philadelphia, went to a prep school. And I, you know, I would hope with a prep school, he's gotten pretty damn good. That's how that should work. But at the same time, you just never know. I I don't know if they have other people coming in. So, you know, hopefully they, they trust in one of these guys or they have somebody else that they feel good about. Yeah, they're. There's really no telling, you know, who's going to have the edge here. We obviously have to watch them play games, but that's the whole part. Part of betting on win totals is you can't. Uh, you have That's to bet true. on it before the season starts. So I, I don't know who I really give the edge to. Um, I'd like to see kind of who people think are going to look better come, you know, a couple weeks before the season. But Penn State comes in with a nine and a half win total. I feel like this is right, but I also don't know. Penn State is so weird to me. Um, Give me the under. Give me the under. I I don't know. People are really raving about Penn State. Which means they're going to be terrible. That's a fair point. Uh, Yeah, I'd probably take the under. Very few teams, when they give people high praise like that, live up They're going to lose to Michigan and Ohio State, most likely. Yeah, most likely both of them. Yeah, so that's already, you know, max 10 wins. Which means that they have to win every other game. Which I believe is what they did last year. But can they do that again? They have a a tough opponent against Delaware. That's true. The big green. (laughs) Yes, of course. They got a cool looking logo. But they also play Michigan State, Maryland, uh, Indiana. You know, Northwestern's an an easy one. So there's definitely games that they can lose besides just Michigan and Ohio State. Plus, the Michigan-Ohio State games are only four weeks apart. They have to go to Ohio State. Next week, they got Indiana at home. Then they go to Maryland. And then the next week, Michigan's coming into their house. And, you know, I I don't know how well they're going to be able to 
prepare for it and stay with it. You know, especially if they get mollywopped by Ohio State, then how are you going to recover, get back against Indiana and Maryland, and still get back against Michigan? Yeah, I have I, a feeling that they could both just easily mollywop them, and if somebody else can sneak out a victory, there's the under. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm weird with Penn State because I, what I didn't like about Penn State for the longest time is Sean Clifford, but I believe he's done now, and I don't know who their quarterback's going to be. It's. I don't I really don't know. I feel like they could get 10. I wouldn't be willing to put money on it. <laughs> I yeah, I, I don't think it's one you'd want to put money on cuz I think they're going to be right there where it's scary. Yeah. And they're going to be in that spot of like it comes down to like the last game more than likely and that's like the worst thing you'd ever want as somebody who's betting on something. Yeah. Um so there's four teams uh, that they have odds for at eight and a half. Uh, that would be Notre Dame, LSU, Tennessee, and Iowa. Iowa's a interesting one because Iowa had one of the worst offenses in college football last year. So I don't. Yeah, I mean, know... if that's them betting on how many wrestlers are going to win a state title in the next nine years, I'm taking the over. Yes, but if it's football, I don't think I am. Yeah, I think I'd take the under on Iowa. I think Notre Dame will be right there. But I think LSU and Tennessee, easy overs here. I think LSU is going to be very good next year. I think Tennessee is going to be very good next year. I think their only loss might come to Georgia, and they might not even lose that one. So, yeah, I feel like Tennessee is an easy over here for me. I think LSU is a pretty easy one to me. I think that they're going to improve, obviously, you know, I don't know for sure, but I think, you know, second year with Brian Kelly, I think things look up for LSU. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think they're going to be actually I have a feeling they're going to be right where they were last year. Honestly, I feel like they'll have the same record. I think you it's going to just beat be Alabama. Oh, uh, no. I think they'll beat somebody else. You know, they, you know, they got they got unlucky against Florida State. We'll say that one. Well, they're going to lose to him on opening day. I hope so. All right. Last one we've got, Colorado at four and a half. And give me the under. I, I want to take the over. I do. You're an idiot. No, I want I I feel like I feel like Dion has brought in enough. Of dual parent household quarterbacks. <laughs> Man, shut up with these strict rules. Give me the under and let me take my money to the bank. I, I'm taking the over. You're telling me. Okay, here. Let me read you off his opponents this year, Grayson. Yes. I will TCU tell you when. First okay. game of the season. When? Wait, what? Yes. Dude, they're losing their quarterback and their best wide receiver. Like, they're not going to be as good. Colorado won what? One game last year? Yeah. None of those players are still there. Well, yeah, because Dion said, get out. Yeah. And he's done. I don't blame him. Nepotism at its finest, folks. Don't uh, care. Nebraska, that's that's a W against Nebraska. Yeah, Nebraska, W. Colorado State, I'm not too sure about. W. I'm, I'm 50-50 on Colorado Okay, so they're Oregon, they're, that's they're an at, L. Yeah, that's a loss. Oregon's an L. I'll, I'll give them USC, that. L. Yep. Uh, Arizona State is a 50-50 coin toss, I think. 
Uh, it's a win. So they're at four. You already have them at me. four, and we are halfway through the season. Dude, I'm telling you, they're going to win games. Stanford. Win. Stanford sucks. And they're losing their quarterback. That's fair. That's fair. UCLA. Uh, pro- mm, it's, it's probably an a L. loss. It's an L. It's an L. Yeah. Oregon State. Oregon State's Oregon State looks good. really good. I think Oregon I'm, State would beat them. Arizona. No, nah, it's a win for Colorado. Just don't know. Washington State, I definitely could see a win. Yep. Uh, Utah, I'm taking Loss. Utah. Yeah. yeah. Wait, are they at Utah or at Colorado? Yeah, it is at Utah. Yeah, they're losing. Yeah. No alcohol allowed, baby. Yes. <laughs> I just I who, I wait, don't. Do they not play? Do they play Washington? No, they just played Washington State, and that's it. Weird. Okay, I I don't know. I th- I feel like they could certainly get five or six. I think they get four. All right. I think they barely miss it. All right. And I well, think a lot of pressure then goes to Deion Sanders about how the hell he only won four games. Yeah, I don't know. I think that the media is going to have a real short leash with, or a real long leash for Dion, just because he's Dion Sanders. That's true, but I feel like uh, the first comment you're going to hear is, "Let me guess, your lineman had two parents." Probably, uh, <laughs> I'm sure that that would be the issue there. Let me but... guess, your quarterback's family got divorced in the <laughs> middle of the season. <laughs> now you can't trust him because he wasn't raised by two parents. Yeah, I still think that's just such an outlandish thing to say. <laughs> it really is. That's another one of those things you keep to yourself. Yeah. Let's talk about the Big 12. I think they're making a fantastic move here. They're partnering for a conference-wide pro day uh, starting in 2024. Fantastic idea in my mind. I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing. It's a it's a conference combine, honestly. That's what yeah. it is. And this every is NFL scout is going to be there. Yeah. And they're all going to be focused in on every player that played well in that conference. I don't see why every conference isn't doing this. Yeah, I, I feel like you I understand still... it might take a while, but but damn, this would be amazing to watch to see all of you know. Think about all the SEC quarterbacks this year getting to go out all with you know the other SEC quarterbacks only, just them. And watch how they compare against each other. Yeah. That just sounds awesome. Yeah, well, and that's all of the top four quarterbacks for SEC. Exactly. Or, but yeah, and then and then CJ Stroud. Well, yeah, CJ Stroud. But, look, I, it's a fantastic idea. I do agree. I think other schools should, or other conferences should do it. But I think that they could also do individual ones as well because the individual ones take a single day so yeah i think you do like obviously it goes combine and then probably the conference wide and then each team individually if they'd like to i have a question for you yeah if every team is do or every conference is doing their own pro day what's the point of combine I think it narrows it down. I think that the conference-wide one will be much better for like late-round guys, even undrafted free agent-type guys, to see them. Because not all of them are going to get a combine invite. Well, of course. That's why I'm saying, what's the point of the combine then? I think that puts the spotlight on them a little bit better. 
but also it's I think an the NFL spotlight run is still thing. on your. Yeah, I think I think the only thing that would really make the combine worth anything is just that everything is done on the same, you know, same like everything. So your forties are all timed by the exact same lasers. Your drills are all done by the exact same coaches. Everything is the same for everybody. Where at a lot of these, you know, if you have separate conferences doing separate things, you know, there can be flukes in the 40 system. There can be coaches who, you know, have a funny voice like Ed O calling out the commands. Uh, You could have some goofy stuff like that where it throws people off and now they look bad instead of good or they look too good instead of bad. And then you get a lot of stuff. And that's that's the only reason I think that you would still need a combine. I think that is the only thing, though. Yeah. Uh, Florida State and Georgia Tech are going to play a season opener in 2024 in Ireland. So this past season, uh, the season opener in Ireland was Northwestern versus Nebraska. An absolute shit game. Florida State versus Georgia Tech, though, is going to be a good game in my eyes because I think Florida State would probably stomp Georgia Tech. Even in I honestly hope it's a I hope it's a decent game to watch though. You know what I mean? I don't I don't want a snooze fest like the national championship game. Um, I want something that you know is actually quite enjoyable to to view as this game that's happening in Ireland of all places. Yeah, I think it's interesting, and the crowd was fantastic last year in Ireland, so I'm sure it won't disappoint. And yeah, I think it's a fantastic idea. Obviously, like college football is something that. You can't grow like a a worldwide brand, but I still think it's cool that they're doing a couple of international games. Oh, for sure. I mean, like you said, it's it's not something that's going to be everywhere, Um, but it's definitely cool to to see the crowds in a game that's in a whole other country. You know, even when they, you know, like the NFL with them going to Germany and Mexico and England. You get to see these whole different crowds and expose them to teams that they would only get to see on TV ever. You know, it could be a bucket list item for some of these people to see a football game, see an American football game. And now they get to have one in their country. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Let's talk about something that's not quite fantastic. Um, Alabama defensive back Tony Mitchell was arrested last week. Uh, it was reported that Mitchell was driving 141 miles per hour in an attempt to flee police in Florida. He was caught, and deputies recovered 226 grams of weed and over $7,000 in cash from the car. Uh, later, Nick Saban announced that Mitchell is suspended from the team. He's just suspended? Yeah, for now. That That's just a suspension for Saban? Hey, that is... He, he that is an interesting, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, but like when Buddy's in jail for a little while, is he still going to have eligibility? Maybe. Like, are you telling me this motherfucker's going to go to jail for seven <clears throat> years plus and then come out and be like, Saban, thank you, buddy. I'm coming back now. You never like, know. Let's be honest. You really don't. <laughs> I could see him getting a great NIL deal with the corrections office as well. Dude, Nick Saban could probably get this off his record somehow. It wouldn't surprise me. It really wouldn't. He can pull whatever strings he wants. He probably recruited the son of whatever police department's chief, probably recruited his son, and he's like, all right, you're going to wipe these, right? And he's like, yep, gotcha. 
probably. And then he got him a nice NIL deal. He hooked his dad up with a new car. Yep. Got him the nicest squad car he could find. Got him a supercharger in there. <laughs> and boom. Now he's clear to play. Yep. This is such a crazy situation, though, because obviously uh, I would assume he was on spring break in Florida. Yeah, on his on his Henry Ruggs driving capabilities. Yeah, not quite as fast, but still fucking fast as shit. Still too fast. But that's a lot of fucking weed. Yeah, that's half a pound. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's a hefty bit. It's concerning, honestly. Yeah, like, he, I'm surprised he didn't get intent to sell. I'm sure he will. Yeah, oh, I would imagine. As it's long a little as bit too Saban much weed to just be like, yeah, this Saban is just didn't what get I smoke. Archer and his son, then I have a feeling, you know, Snoop Dogg's the only guy that smokes that much in a day, so I I just don't see him not getting an intent to sell with that much. Yeah. And well, like, does he not have an NIL deal or something? Why does he need to be making more money? He... Might not have an NIL deal. I don't know. But let, let me get back to this 226 grams thing because that is astronomical. Like, even if you have intent to sell, why do you have all of it in your car? Hey, man. When you're driving 100 and what, 140 something, you said? Yeah, but that was just to get away from the police. Um, oh, okay, okay. I'm not sure, you know, why they were trying to get him. Probably because somebody was like, yeah, this guy's got a shitload of weed in his car. But I just, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the the thing is, someone had to have called in something or he passed. You know, what probably happened is he's he's driving down on spring break, headed to, you know, wherever. You said he got arrested in Florida, right? Yeah. So he's probably heading down to the beach, you know. You know, it could be late, could be middle of the day, whatever. And maybe he's got a headlight out or something. Cop flips his lights on to come after him. And he goes, fuck, there's a half pound of weed in my car. I can't get pulled over. I, that's fair. Jung, took off. Gone. I, this is but just not that, a predicament uh, that most people are in. So it's probably hard. Oh, to yeah, understand. I'm sure. I don't think I'll ever find myself in this predicament of having a half pound of weed in my car. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like I'm probably in the same boat. Yeah. But, yeah, this is just crazy. And I feel like this goes back to this ongoing conversation about Kirby Smart in Georgia where people are like, oh, they have a discipline problem. There's a discipline problem across college football. There, there's a reason that week after week, just in football in general, we come – on this podcast week after week, and we have to talk about somebody committing some crime every time. Yeah. Like, like these guys... I mean, can we not go a week without them getting in trouble? No, Anybody? we can't. It's not possible. But, Apparently. like, these guys have the whole world in their hands when they play for Alabama or, like, Joe Mixon. Uh, obviously, you know, the two things he's been accused of Recently, not talking about what he did before he left Oklahoma, but the two things that he's been in the news for recently, both proven that he was not the person that did it. But so many guys 
keep making these mistakes, and a lot of them are the college guys. And it's almost like they know that they're a notable person, just you know, around the world, not around the world, but around the nation, and you know, in college football. And they just get a huge head. They think that they're some big celebrity that they can, you know, do whatever they want. And I feel like you can't put it on the coaches to be like, like Nick Saban's doesn't fucking know that Tony Mitchell had 226 grams of weed with him in Florida. But like there's there's nothing that him or Kirby Smart or any other college football coach can be like, remember guys, don't drive around with half a pound of weed in your car. Like that's something that doesn't need to be said. People are saying that Saban and Kirby are the reason, like it's like he's their dad. Like they're they're not the parent. They are their coach. Yes, a coach is supposed to be a mentor and a leader to players, but he's not his father. He's not his mother, grandmother, guardian, whatever. He is not the one who is having to teach these kids right from wrong. That is not his job. His job is to teach them right from wrong on the football field. And very small life lessons that still regard football or basketball or whatever with all of these athletes. He is not supposed to be the governing body over these children. Some of them, not, you know, not many of them, but some of them being children. And, you know, under the age of 21, for most of them, they can't even drink legally. You know, I'm sure plenty of them are. But, like, He's not their dad. Nick Saban is not this kid's dad. He is not walking up to him, putting his hand on his shoulder and being like, son, I hope you don't drive way too fast evading the police on spring break because you got a ton of weed in your car. That's not the man I raised. That's not his job. It's just not. Yeah, uh, I think it's ridiculous how people just immediately blame coaches. Like... The whole the the bas- the Alabama basketball situation. Everybody's like coming at Nate Oates for obviously. Okay, look, Nate Oates looked like a real dumbass in those press conferences. But do you really expect a guy to be like, like fucking surveying their text messages and you know making sure that a guy that is uh, you know doesn't play is a rotational player like Darius Miles isn't doing bad shit on the side. No, it's yeah. not his job. He's like, a basketball what? coach. It's just like, what do you expect so him to do? Do you really expect him to be like a a middle school mom where you know he's like, all right, you got to turn your phone in before the end of the night, guys, so we can go through all your texts. Like that's that's not his job. He, I don't even think he's got the right to do that. No. It's it's insane. All right. Well, let's talk about this. I'd love to see this. a coach try to do that, though. That would be a yeah, hilarious well. story to come out. Let's talk about this real quick, though. Uh, I, I don't remember who reported this, but they tweeted out, uh, sounds like we're going to hear in the coming days slash weeks about the Georgia football, the Georgia Bulldogs football program and recruiting violations. NCAA is doing more than poking around. I feel like every not, time somebody's I, good. Before you happens. go, I'm not going to lie. I haven't really heard much about this, so I, I don't know too much about these recruiting violations. I don't either because nobody has said anything. This was announced like oh, a, lovely. Probably, I think it was like five, six days ago, and nothing has come out yet. So maybe this guy was lying. Maybe 
it is something, I, and it's I not a big deal. You, I think you got duped by the fake blue check mark, Grayson. No, I, I, I didn't. This was from trusted sources, but it's just like, at what point do we just not give a shit about recruiting violations anymore? Um, I don't think that'll ever happen because then we're going to have major issues and that parody will never happen. But when it comes to like, like what, what we used to know as recruiting violations are things that people are openly doing, like offering players NIL deals before they're even on the team. Like it's exactly what happened with Florida and Jalen Rashada is like, yeah, you'll get 13 million if you come here. Signs this letter of intent, and they're like, oh, sorry, don't have the money anymore. That should be a yeah, recruiting which is violation. Wild. It definitely should. I think I think making a promise to somebody about an NIL deal should be against the rules. But I think if you just say, like, hey, we have these kind of deals, or like you could get one of these deals, is fine. But if you promise somebody that they can get a certain amount of money. That should not be allowed because at the end of the day, that's uh, the, how did the word just absolutely leave my head? Uh, bribery. Yep. You're you're literally bribing somebody to come to your school, which you know is has been a very big controversy in NCAA sports in general. That the last thing we need is people promising a a 18 year old or even 17 at the time 13 million dollars to come to a school like what that's a lot of fucking money insurance we went over some free agency signings of multiple people that didn't even add up to that amount yeah it's it's a ridiculous amount of money but i I just i don't know i feel like recruiting violations at this point mean nothing because everybody's doing it in their own different way Yes, and I think they should mean something. Yeah, duh. They're they're genuinely cheating the system. Do we know if Georgia actually did any of these things? No, of course. Like the NCAA, the NCAA is just looking around. But I, I don't well, know. Apparently, it's they're so doing crazy. more than poking around. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. All right, let's get into this draft, though. I'm very excited. For oh, this. I'm I'm very excited for this. All right, five rounds, of course. So you can pick a live mascot, a uh, obviously, a, a animal suit, I guess, would be the, the term. Suit mascot? I don't know. Yeah. I, I call them mascot mascots. Yeah. A real mascot. Yeah. And a live and are mascot. We going, are we going one to five? Is that how we're doing this, right? What? We're, we're yeah, drafting yeah, like a draft draft. Okay. Yeah. Just check it. Yeah. So I, I have the first pick in every round because I had the second pick in the last draft that we did on the podcast. So... Nathan, unfortunately, even though you're the guest, you get to pick second. Ah, that's fine. I'm still going to wipe the floor with you. And that's a Kyle Schwarber home run to bring the USA within one in the oh, eighth inning, by the way. Baby, that was a fucking piss missile. God. That was also the, I think, the ninth pitch of the at-bat. He fouled off, like, every pitch down the line and then finally got it to go out. Jesus Christ. And that's off you, Darvish, by the way. Yeah. Shohei is warming up in the bullpen right now, though. Um, oh, shit. All right, 1-1. One, one. Chief Osceola and a Renegade. I knew you were going to fucking do it at 1. It's so fucking jerk. cool. It's so fucking cool. Yeah, they got a flaming spear. How could you not? And he rides a horse. Yeah. Like, it's like, 
obviously the inspiration for the logo, well, the logo inspired, whatever. It's He's the logo, but on top of it, there's so many other, like the spear is a huge part of the brand. You know, Renegade is a huge part of the brand. Like all of it together, like encapsulates the Florida State athletics like culture. Yeah, whatever, man. Ha, stole it. All right, whatever. You enjoy that one. Uh, I went for just outright cool factor on my first pick. That's You didn't even take who I wanted at one. So outright cool factor is Ralphie, the buffalo from Colorado State. It's a fucking buffalo. What? They're literally, there's just like four dudes and just running around with a fucking buffalo. And that thing is just like crazy. There's clips of that thing like dragging those guys and running into things and just doing the wildest shit. And it's just a fucking buffalo. Them things are huge. Yes. I don't know how many people listening to this have seen a buffalo in person. I personally have. And it is terrifying. They are huge creatures. Yes, they are. Especially when you're driving right next to them. Yes, I would imagine so. Which is when we saw them. But, yeah, that's a fantastic pick. Guy, I, I'll be honest, wasn't on my, my short list. Uh-huh. Guess you weren't thinking about the cool them. animals. Guess not. But I actually am because mine is Mike of the Tiger, the, the live LSU Tiger mascot. He's just a fucking tiger. That's badass. Yeah, it is. There's nothing else to say. What is cooler yeah, than yeah. a fucking tiger? I'll tell you what's cooler than a tiger. At my second pick, give me Bevo from Texas. It's a fucking bull. It's fair, but the thing the thing has the thing is literally a longhorn. How much more encapsulating the name can you be than the Texas Longhorn being the mascot for the Texas Longhorns? Excuse like what? And again, back to the same point I made about Ralphie. He's just running into stuff. And at the end of the day, that's a wild animal. Yeah. That thing is not Ugga, you know, that boring trained-ass bulldog that's pampered its whole life. That is a wild animal. Oh, wild is a, a stretch. Oh, uh, okay. He's, yeah. on a, he's on a ranch. Yeah, but still. And I'm sure he's pampered. Yeah, but is he pampered like Ugga? Does he have a no. field-side air-conditioned doghouse? He, he probably no. has an air-conditioned barn. Fuck, I wish I had one. Yeah, I'd take that. But also, fuck Bevo for trying to attack Ugga in that uh, bowl game a couple years ago. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that was quite quite scary. Up. He's, he went rogue. He did. All right. I'm really split here on who I want to take. Uh, third pick. Give me the Oregon Duck. No. He's the fucking goat. Like he when it is, comes to like all the, time. The the mascot suit. He's the best. He's the funniest. Yeah. He's got charisma. He's silly looking. Like commercials. Uh Nike stuff. Like all the Nike stuff with Oregon and the duck. Like fantastic mascot. Yeah, all the push-ups. Ah, that was a good one. So much better than Miami's. Oh, way better. I don't think you could be better. 
No. Uh, all right. Uh, at my next pick, since you you know you decided to take all of mine because you copied my list, basically. Uh, give me uh, give me Sparky from Arizona State, the Sun Devils. Solid. He's a he's a he's a creepy looking dude. Yeah, he is. But I mean, shit, does he look like he's got some swagger to him? That man shows up to basketball games with swagger. He shows up to football games with swagger. I'm sure he shows up to the water polo matches with swagger. I don't know if anybody's ever said swagger that many times in the last 10 years. Hey, man. Give me some credit. I'm old. Like, not really. But, yes, a fantastic mascot. He looks creepy, but cool as shit. Yes. Oh, man, I'm split again. I I should have made this list this long. <laughs> See, I did. Ugh. I made five and just hoped that you didn't take them. So I'm I'm struggling right now to think of people. All right, I'm taking Toledo's mascot, Rocky the Rocket. Oh, that's a good one. He just looks cool as hell. Like he looks like a like a astronaut slash speed skater. Yeah. Kind of sick, honestly. I yeah, and he's like one of the best to use in NCAA. Oh yeah, if you never used him, then you weren't playing right. You were using some boring stuff. You got to use the spaceman outfit. Yep. All right, and my number four pick here in the fourth round. Uh, I'm gonna take the off-brand Chief Osceola and Renegade. Give me Nitro from Central Florida. Uh, it's it's basically just a golden knight on a white horse that's got a nice black and gold kind of kind of attire to the horse. The horse just looks great, you know. Like I said, he's an off-brand renegade, but the knight—I don't even know how he sees out of this mask. Like he's blind. I swear to God, he doesn't have to. Yeah, I mean, I guess if the horse knows the path, but that horse could lead him down to a. I would say a canyon, but they're in Florida, so there aren't a sinkhole. <laughs> yeah, sinkhole in the middle of the road, maybe alligator-infested waters, I guess. But like, it looks cool. Like if I just saw that knight walking around, I'm like, damn, that guy looks cool. All right. Well, my final pick. Uh, if you take my high five, I'm gonna be very upset. Or five ten. Taking the horned frog, TCU. Okay. I just like it. It's got, it's like, it's more creative than other teams' mascots. Oh, yeah. And he looks, he looks cool. He's a lizard. Yeah, not a frog. No, orange frog is just a lizard. All right. And for the last pick of the draft, this is, this is the, this is the smaller school. But give me Big Green, a.k.a. Keggy the Keg from Dartmouth College. That's unofficial. I'm I'm challenging this. This is an unofficial mascot. What? I mean, yeah, kind of. But I could have chose Rhode Island School of Art Design. But Okay, I'm glad you didn't. So, yeah, give give me Big Green. He's literally a keg with a green undershirt on and a smiley face. What doesn't scream college about that? That just screams, I go to Dartmouth. Yeah, Dartmouth. The original, uh, they had the first fraternities. Yeah, exactly. Well, there you go. Beer Pong started at Dartmouth. I'm sure it did, and Keggy was probably pissing it out. I I hope not. That sounds disgusting. (laughs) It does sound a little gross. 
All right. Well, that's the whole draft. Let's get some dishonorable mentions. Yes, I have a couple. You can go ahead and fire them. All right. First off, give me Albert from Alabama. This is going to piss some people off. But where the fuck is there any mention of an elephant? I may not be a big Alabama fan, so I don't know the story behind this because I'm not a loser and a bandwagon. But where the fuck did an elephant come from? And why does it look so shitty? <laughs> like, like the trunk is just hanging there like it's nothing. It's not even like, you know, at least make it controllable by the guy inside. It's not to ruin the secret behind mascots for you or anything. But, like, it looks terrible. At least get something cool. Yeah. Do you have one before I re- rip off a couple more? Yeah, because I have one who has the same name. Albert. What? The Gator. Oh. From Florida. Fuck him. He oh looks Lord. weird. He looks fucking weird. Yeah. And like his, like the old one is even worse. Like the eyes look weird. The new one, the eyes still look it, like it's, oh, it's nasty. And like, first off, horrible mascot on NCAA. Looks yes. like shit. It, it like the giant tail looks so bad. He looks like an off, like he looks like the green version of Barney. It's horrible. Oh, God. Well, yeah. Following that up, give me Big Red from Western Kentucky. What the fuck? Like, I understand his name is Big Red, but why is he literally just the red version of Cookie Monster? (laughs) You know, Grayson, I I know you already have enough trouble telling what color Cookie Monster is, but what the fuck? fuck is this yeah of course he is uh yeah i'm just fucking with you. yeah he's blue Good. uh what the fuck is big red he's literally just a blob of red and speaking of that what the fuck is Otto the orange besides just an orange <laughs> like i understand you're the syracuse orange but come on at least make the top part of the costume the orange so that the person inside isn't looking through a a hat they're looking through the hat and why is his nose so circular? Uh, I just don't get it. Why do the arms come out the top and his legs are so long? It's disproportionate to the size of the orange costume. I couldn't explain it. Let me give you one that I can't explain. Stanford Tree. What the <laughs> fuck is that thing? First of all, he's not even the football team's mascot. He's the band's mascot. That is so lame. It really is. I just, oh, it's so bad. And like, first off, once again, he looked horrible on NCAA. He looks worse in real life because like the newer version is much less of like a cohesive being and more of just a bunch of wire, like wires and stuff with leaves on it and like an angry face and a hat. Just so awful. Yeah, it's bad, man. And like it used to be worse because like the face was weird and like they could not decide on how the face should look and the eyes always change. Like I, I don't know how it could possibly be this bad. Yeah, uh, the only thing that gets any worse is Pistol Pete from Oklahoma State. That mask is like terrifying. I'm going to have nightmares after looking at this picture of this guy. Like, and also his name's Pistol Pete and he's carrying a double barrel shotgun around. (laughs) 
why not call him Shotgun Pete at that point? Yeah. Like, like, what's the point? And he's just scary looking. Like, you're telling me all these people want to see that? No. Get him out of my face and write with him in at UTEP. Get rid of Pay Dirt Pete. He looks the same, but with a scruffy beard and a gross look at a hat. And it, it just doesn't get any worse. It really doesn't. They're just disgusting. I can tell you what mascot's scarier looking. Oh, no. It's the fucking, fucking Nittany Lion. Penn State's oh, mascot God, is yeah. so bad. Like It looks like a fifth grade arts and craft li- <laughs> like wildcat. Yeah, like, they couldn't even do what BYU did and make the same thing. Like, you could at least have a raging Mormon on the sideline. <laughs> but There's, no, they have Cosmo the Cougar. I mean, I guess that's just as good as a raging Mormon, but... I guess, but, like, the Penn State one looks like, uh, I don't know, like a 1910 teddy bear. It looks like the uh, the drama club decided to do a rendition of uh, what's that fucking uh, the Wizard of Oz? Fuck- yes, the Wizard of Oz, and that's the fucking lion they made. Yeah. Why? Why? So why? Bad. Why? And why does he have gloves? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. And and he's naked. And he has a scarf that covers his dick. <laughs> <laughs> All I can think of is it's like one of those string bikinis for a man that goes over his shoulders. Yeah. I think that's what the scarf's for. I think it's covering I, I think his you dick. Need to, I, yeah, I think you need to make a uh, an, an edit of this. I need to see the Penn State Nittany Lion in a string mankini. I could probably pull some strings. Oh, God. Oh, oh Grayson. I like that. <laughs> Not like that. All right. <laughs> All right. Any other dishonorable mentions you have? I'm sure there's plenty more, but we'll give those schools a break. All right. Any honorable mentions you have? No, we already went through all of them. All right. Well, there's two that I didn't, or sorry, one that I didn't take that was on my list. And it's Obby. I think he's the best looking uh, animated tiger mascot because Mizzou's yeah, sure, is dog shit. Clemson's is weird. LSU's is weird. I think Aubie is the best looking tiger suit. I yeah, I guess I'll give that to him. I don't I don't know. Probably. All right. Well, let's talk about the World Baseball Classic. Yes. Because this tournament has turned out to be something so much better than I probably could have ever imagined. Yeah, and it looks like it's going to have a a good and bad ending. Yeah. So, um We'll start off with the games that set this up. So we had already talked about Japan had beat Italy. Um, but Friday, the day that the last episode came out, Puerto Rico played Mexico. Mexico wins. Uh, they come back from, I think they were down three. They win it 5-4. Great stuff. Giovanni Gallegos comes in for the save for Mexico. Fantastic stuff there. So that advances them. They have to play Japan. United States beats Venezuela off of... Like one of the greatest home runs ever. A grand slam to take the lead by Trey Turner and win the game. Uh, It was ridiculous. At this point, Trey Turner is the new Captain America. Sorry, Mike Trout, but it's Trey Turner. Yeah, 
like I and well, Mike Trout is the captain of the team, but I agree with you. Trey mm-hmm. Turner has absolutely saved the ass of the United States. Yes. And then the U.S. moves on. They play the very next day on Sunday against Cuba and just absolutely beat the fuck out of them. 14 runs, 14 hits. Cuba, two runs on 12 hits. It was just all out, like, just brutal, brutal beatdown by the United States. Yeah, and after that game, an interesting thing happened with uh, one of the, the, the catcher for Cuba. Uh, Ivan Prieto decided to uh, just not get on the plane, and uh, he is now running loose in Miami. He's defected from Cuba, just like plenty of other guys on there. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite interesting though. It's become a big story, and uh, I don't know if anyone's even heard from or seen of him since this came out. But I don't blame him. Yeah, he has a uh, he has now been lost in Miami and. It's going to be hard to find him in this big country. Yeah, relatively big. He could probably get pretty far. He probably could. I'm sure he's got some money with him and some clothes. And, I mean, who knows what could happen. But, yeah, with that game, like, Trey Turner obviously hits the big grand slam the night before, comes out, hits two more home runs. Like, holy shit. Like, the guy just cannot be stopped. Yeah, I mean, coming in... To the the finals now, he had four home runs in his last seven plate appearances. Yeah, absolutely fucking ridiculous. Yes. And then Mexico played Japan uh, Monday. Mexico or Japan comes up down five four um, in the bottom of the ninth. Shohei Otani leadoff double, and then uh, he gets uh wait. Yeah, Shohei Otani hits a leadoff double to center. Uh, Masataka Yoshida walks. Uh, and then Munetaka Murakami doubles uh, on a fly ball to center field. And both score. They walk it off 6-5 to advance to the championship. And as we speak, um, Japan has the lead in the championship game right now. 3-2. to two. The United States trying to crawl back. But uh, Otani is on the mound uh, at the moment. Yeah, and I don't know if have you seen did you watch the game or see the clip of the walk-off? Yeah, it was crazy. Yoshida might be the fastest man alive. Yeah, he was hauling. He he was moving. He almost caught Otani on the base path. Yeah, it, it was he was flying. Crazy. Yeah, one of the, the biggest things I've seen about Japan recently has been Roki Sosaki. I I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. I do not know how to pronounce a Japanese name too well. Um, but he, he went crazy yesterday off a clip of him throwing an absolute beautiful 102-mile-an-hour pitch that was just insane, just blows past him, couldn't even try to touch it. And I decided to do a little more digging on Roki just to find out who he is. First of all, he's a 21-year-old player from Japan, obviously playing in the professional league. Um, but to this was his first full season this past year playing in the professional league, and he threw a perfect game, uh, striking out 19 batters, which is now the most ever in a perfect game in baseball history. That includes MLB, uh, Japanese League, Korean Leagues, everything. 
Um, at one point during that perfect game, he struck out 13 batters in a row, which is 4.1 innings worth of batters. And Grayson, I don't know if you've ever, you know, sat there and struck out 13 batters casually. That's not something that's easy to do. I've probably done it in MLB The Show. Yeah, sure you have, and on rookie difficulty. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, he finishes, gets the perfect game. Cool. Uh, next start, after, you know, they go through the rotation and everything, uh, he throws a perfect game through eight and only gets pulled to protect his arm. He went 17 perfect innings in a row. That's absolutely ridiculous. Which is also would break the MLB record for most innings pitched in a row. Perfect. Wow. Uh, in his first full season this last year, though, after all this, he averaged 12 strikeouts per nine innings. Damn. 12. That's a lot. Yeah. That is a that is too many. Yeah, so he won't be able to be shopped, or he won't be able to be a free agent until 2027, unless the team agrees to sh- let him be shopped by MLB teams. Which also happened recently with another one of the players for Japan, one of the uh, outfielders. Um, don't remember his name, but he uh, signed with the Red Sox after allowed to be after being allowed to be shopped by his team. So we could see that happen with Roki. I don't know for sure what'll happen. Obviously, I'm sure he's gonna gonna have some some thinking to do and hoping that the team would do that. I I don't know how often it is that teams allow that, but. I would really love to see him over here because if he can throw 17 straight perfect innings, I'd love to see what he can do in the MLB. Yeah, it's going to be ridiculous if he comes over and he's that dominant. Yeah, I mean, shit, if he comes over here and decides that the MLB is even easier, the MLB could be in some trouble. Yeah, that's a lock for Cy Young if he's pitching like that. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. Especially 12 strikeouts per nine. If he's doing that in the MLB. Yeah. Shohei Otani just walked Jeff McNeil to lead off the top of the ninth. Yeah, that was a that was a good pitch out of him. It probably yeah, probably it three close. two is not a pitch you wanna just uh you wanna just watch, but hey, and it looks like Bobby Witt's gonna run though. So got some speed on the bases now. It's good. Like it. All right. Well, let's get into do you remember? And then uh maybe this game will be close to ending by the time we're done. We'll see. But Nathan, since you're the guest, I will let you go first here. You can go I ahead. actually want you to go first. I'm gonna give you the honors, even as the uh the guest, I'm gonna give you the honors here because uh okay. you were hyping yours up and I have a. I think mine's pretty interesting. All right. Well, look, this one has to do with what we're going through right now, which is the NFL offseason and just want to pose the question, Nathan. Do you remember Johnny Manziel's 2016 offseason? Are you talking about Party Manziel? Yes, Johnny Football himself. All right, I'm going to run you through. All I just want to stop you real quick. That's things. a double play by Japan to clear the bases. You fucking serious? God damn it. All right, whatever. Mike Trout's up. It's fine. All right. Now I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Hold on. This is Mike Trout versus Otani. This is something. Yeah, we're just going to comment. All right. Now you're good, though. Okay, so ball one. Oh, yeah. You... Oh, wow, you're ahead of me. Uh, I'm, I'm actually behind on my TV, but I'm watching it on the MLB game day like website. 
That's it's so no count. Just, just ball. Just watch it. Watch it live with me. Nope. Because I'm pretty Which sure I'm behind you. Because silence. oh, there we go. Oh, that's low. Okay, that was that was a low. Looked like a breaking ball. Yeah, this shows it as a sweeper. Ball that's one. what uh, MLB says. Okay. Yeah, it definitely swept. It started pretty far inside and got back to about yeah. the middle. Not enough horizontal motion to be a slider. Ooh. Little heater. And oh wow. That was the pitch. If if Trout was gonna hit a home run, I think that's the one right there. Yeah. And this is a this is a very friendly matchup, I would like to think, or a very competitive matchup, I would oh, say. Oh yeah. The, the, this is for bragging rights when they go back. And Grayson, don't don't you think it would be really cool if you know the, the person leading Japan as Shohei and the person leading America, Mike Trout, were just on the same team and teamed up? Don't you think they would just <laughs> run the world? Yeah, you would oh, think wait. so. Hold on. It's too bad that they the, run Angel- the world. <laughs> it's too bad the Angels don't know how to put their money in any other positions. Wow, that was a hundred mile per hour just on the yeah. just outside. Wow. Oof. You, th- you think Shoei walks him just to make it interesting? I think that would be interesting. <laughs> Paul Goldschmidt has not oh, been very good. Oh my god. So. Trout can't catch up to the heater, it looks like. This is yeah. that's interesting to see. It looks like Trout might be a human being. I don't believe it. But I again, neither it. is Shohei. Yeah, I was about to say, hold on. Shohei's definitely a this cyborg. Is, yeah, just two This is a cyborg versus an oh. alien. I just saw what the next pitch is. Whoa. Hold on. I'll commentate it. Shohei's looking for it. The windup and the pitch. Oh, low and away. 102. Yeah. Good, good Lord. <laughs> All I can imagine is if that was a high fastball and it was 104. I'm, I'd have just already pissed myself. I don't care if it was a passball. There would be piss in my pants. If only we didn't have a double play. That could have been a runner's moving kind of situation. There. All right, and well, it's 3-2, two outs. What's going to happen, folks? I already know. Trout's ready. Shohei's here. Wind up the pitch. Strike three. Japan is your World Baseball Classic champions. Look. Off of Shohei, uh, Roki Sosaki, and a bunch of other players. And those are the only yeah. two I can name. Oh, besides Lars Newtbar. Yeah. The biggest story here, though, Japan just didn't lose a game. Yeah. At all. They... And- <laughs> that is ridiculous. Might have been one of the best runs we've seen. I don't I don't know how other teams have fared in other years. It's the most I've ever really paid attention to it. But this was a, a pretty dominant year, it seemed like, for Japan. Yeah. Uh, definitely proving that the United States could use a better pitching staff because, like, how the fuck was that our pitching staff this year? Yeah. It was it, ridiculous. I want to know what happened with that, whether they couldn't get guys to do it or if teams wouldn't let them do it or what was happening that we could not get starting pitchers. And also, I just want to give a shout out to the Japanese team for how respectful they are after they kick your ass um, because they will bow to everybody in the stadium and they wait around. They bow to the opposing team and everything. I just watched Shohei throw his hat and scream, but still he is... the the respect of the Japanese culture is amazing. It is fantastic, and this team is so much fun to watch. I love watching player like 
not just like the culture of these teams, but just like actually breaking down how they play the game because it's simply just different from how American. Oh, very much as somebody who, yeah, somebody who helped coach players and developed players, pitching styles and swings and everything in baseball, watching the Japanese team hit and pitch and just throw in general is amazing. And I would love to learn more about that to be able to understand why they do it and how much more beneficial or anything that it is, because it's, it is incredible how well they do. Yeah. And I mean, they just proved that it doesn't take a full team of MLB all-stars to win. Yeah. You know, every, everyone kept saying, you know, oh, you know, blah, blah, you know, Team USA's got the most stacked roster. Okay. Are you sure? As much as I love most of the guys on that team, Japan just said, hey, watch this. We're going to bring a bunch of our team or our professionals. We'll take a couple of our guys back. Thank you very much. Now watch this. Yeah, it's crazy. But, like, look, it's fucking inexcusable to have Merrill Kelly starting the championship game for the USA. It should be Scherzer or DeGrom or Verlander or fucking Max Freed. Like, uh, Max Freed wouldn't be playing for America, buddy. No, he would. I don't know. There's it, another country he could play for. The Israeli team is just a bunch of guys that aren't good enough to play for the U.S. that also are Jewish or just no Jewish people. <laughs> yeah, the restrictions for the Israel team were very light because... I remember they posted a TikTok where one of the guys literally said his wife was Jewish, and that is it. That's all yeah. it took. Shout out Corey Dickerson. <laughs> yes, what an absolute performance. I will say, if somebody listening somehow has a connection to get me a pair of those shorts that the Israel team's wearing in practices, I will pay good money. He'll pay you $1,000. No, no, whoa, 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 whoa. Come now, come now. Go come ahead now, and send him the invoice. No, 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 no. please don't. But All I cannot right. find them. So if, even if you have a link, I'll take it. All, All right, right, back back to the remember. Do you remember Johnny Mansell's 2016 offseason? Okay, so we start the 2016 offseason. His marketing agency drops him. All right. Then okay. his agent, Eric Burkhart, announced that he would no longer represent Johnny Mansell. Then lovely. The Browns released Johnny Manziel soon after it was reported that Manziel was being investigated for a domestic violence incident with his ex-girlfriend. And this is all before, like, free agency even starts. In mid-April, his new manager, Drew Rosenhaus, who has worked with plenty of athletes who have had their fair share of controversies, some being Antonio Brown, Tyreek Hill, other players of the sorts have definitely had their problems, have been represented by Drew Rosenhaus. He dropped Johnny Manziel. And that's saying something, because, yeah, good God, those other guys have done some crazy things. And the same day that Drew Rosenhaus dropped him, Nike ended its sponsorship with Johnny Manziel. A few days after that, Manziel was indicted by a, a Dallas grand jury on misdemeanor assault charges from the incident with his ex-girlfriend. What, um, what a time. Yeah. Okay. It keeps going because a month later, oh God. Johnny Manziel's attorney accidentally sent a text to the Associated Press. Okay. That's not an accident. No. In this text, he 
was talking about Manziel's case and his defense, and he alluded to Manziel's inability to stay clean. Uh, he was given a receipt that suggests that Manziel spent $1,000 at a store called The Gas Pipe. I wonder what he was buying there. Yeah, you know, probably just filling up all his cars. Well, The Gas Pipe um, was later announced uh, to be a drug paraphernalia store once again. Whoa, what? What? No way. It's crazy. No. But also, a thousand fucking dollars? Yeah, I don't know how much that's... that gets you at a, at a, you know, drug paraphernalia store, but I that's... would imagine a good bit. Yeah. It, maybe he's got, like, Dansville's Arians collection. Have oh, you seen probably. all that ridiculous shit? It's, like, all, like, guns, oh, but it's God. just, like, a bong. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Larry Me Tunsil need to link Dan Bilzeri <laughs> and Larry Me Tunsil and Johnny Manziel. Oh my God! The, right. Well, the amount, them and Snoop Dogg could all get together, and good God! Well, so the decline just continues here because okay. on the same day that the Associated Press released this, Johnny Manziel's dad told ESPN, and "This is all in quotes. He's a druggie. It's not a secret that he's a druggie. Hopefully, he doesn't die before he comes to his senses." I mean, I hate to say it, but I hope he goes to jail. I mean, that would be the best place for him. I'm doing my job, and I'm going to move on. If I have to bury him, I'll bury him. What the fuck? And that's his biological father? Yes, that is Paul Manziel. Hey, Paul, if you uh, somehow get a, get wind of this, you're kind of an asshole. But, like, that's a pretty good reality check. Yeah, but damn. <laughs> Tell the biggest company in sports media that your son Why is a drug addict. Why don't you say that shit to your son instead? He Why probably don't you wouldn't talk him, to him, maybe? Johnny probably damn. wouldn't talk to his dad. I wouldn't either if he talked to me like that. Fair enough. All right, well, let's keep going. A few days after that, he was suspended for the first four games of the next season for violating the NFL substance policy. What a surprise. Uh, throughout the offseason... He was spotted partying in various cities. He was accused of trashing a rental property after a drug-fueled party. And he also may, uh, meaning he most definitely did, get matching weed-themed tattoos with his then-teammate Josh Gordon. And we all know why wow. that is funny. Yeah, what a, what a connection. And uh, obviously that suspension that I talked about didn't matter because he never made another NFL team again. And... Now he's a nobody. I was about to say, what's he What's he up to these days? Can we, let, let me try to look that up. Do you got any more to talk just, about? No, uh, I think he just plays golf now. He genuinely does nothing, I think. Ah, he's in the uh, fan-controlled football league right now. I don't so think he that's has still going. <laughs> that's the problem. I think that shit oh, folded. Well. Sounds like someone needs to update his Wikipedia. I Nobody needs to, actually, because he's doing nothing. Uh, he also played in the CFL for yep. three different teams. He played in the AAF for a league, you know, when they were around for like two days. Yeah. Uh, imagine yeah, being just... a Heisman Trophy winner and a CFL journeyman. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking embarrassing. What a, yeah, what a, what a way to go, you know. Uh, it says he's still with the Zappers. Whatever. <laughs> like I said, that means he's hit rock bottom. Yeah, no shit. All right. Well, yeah, that's that is the story of the 
a majority of the downfall of Johnny Mansell. There was plenty of other things that happened. Oh, yeah. But of course, quite a couple of months. Oh yeah, for sure. What was the time period of that? So, do you have the exact dates? I I have a couple, but where it first starts is uh, when his marketing agency dropped him. That was on January sixteenth, right after the season ended. Yeah, and so- he got dropped. Um, like a few weeks later, like as soon as the season was officially over, they released uh-huh. him, and um. And then, like I said, so mid uh, a majority of this happened in April, um, and then into June, um, was when the attorney uh, released you know all the information about the stuff to the Associated Press, and his dad talked to ESPN, and then uh, just a couple of days after that uh, is when he got that suspension. So uh, essentially, it happened from January to mid June. Oh God. What a rough time. Yeah, I'd be doing drugs too if that happened to me. <laughs> I mean, I would have waited till after probably, but you know, it's uh, it's whatever, I guess. That's a pretty hard thing to go through. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. You know, but I can't relate, so I don't plan on doing drugs anytime soon. Yeah, me neither. All right. But, yeah, Grayson, do you remember Cal Cal Bowdler? No, I I don't. And yeah, didn't think so, but he was a Hawks player from 1999 to 02. Uh, he was drafted. He wasn't alive in, at all. Yeah, I was barely. Um, he was drafted in the first round, 17th pick. You know, that's pretty good. Uh, well, you know, he was uh, he was a good, he was decent. Um, in his fifth NBA game on November 13th, 1999, he recorded 14 and a half minutes, shooting 50% which is solid until you realize he only scored two points. Nice. He also had two rebounds. Sounds but pretty good to me. Do you remember him committing seven fouls before being thrown out? No way. Yes, he's the only player ever in NBA history to have seven fouls once they established the six-foul rule. Um, and he will probably be the only player to ever do it because the only reason it happened is that the refs forgot how many fouls he was at because he was such a nobody. Wow. Uh, So then he got his seventh foul, and they thought he was at six, and he was counted as having seven fouls after the game. And uh, Which is even crazier, because throughout his very short career of three years and not many games, he only averaged 1.1 fouls per game he played. But he had seven in one game. That's that's fucking crazy. Yeah, and I mean the the chances that gets broken are very small unless a rule gets changed to make more fouls allowed. Yeah, I, I'll be honest, I've never heard that. I'm very I I hadn't either until today. I was doing some research and and found this, and I was like, wow, this is even it's even better because it's a Hawks guy, and that just makes it funnier. Yeah, that's absurd. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Make sure you're following us on all of our socials. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, make sure you give us five stars. Give us a follow on there as well so you keep up with all of the uploads. Uh, Join the new Reddit. uh, That is r slash second to nd and and short s-h-o-r-t. And then see what else. 
Yeah, uh, really go follow. Uh, oh, yeah. Can I get can I give myself a shout out real yep, quick? You can give yourself a shout out. I know I know Grayson hates this and all, even though he's somewhat a part of it. Uh, but uh, go give uh, go give my TikTok a follow if you're on there as well. Follow Second and Short Pod on TikTok as well, and then go on over to disc d i s c underscore gang and uh, give it a follow. Give it a like. It's just a bunch of fun. Just a bunch of me and my buddies going out playing disc golf, throwing some shots. Go watch how the disc flies. It's always a fun time to watch. Have some fun. Enjoy it. All right. You heard the man. Go follow Disc Gang on TikTok. And second and short pod. Yes. All right. Anything else you've got for the people, Nathan? Uh, No, sir. I'll see y'all if uh, Grayson ever lets me come back, which I doubt will happen because I'm sure sure people aren't going to like having me here instead of Brock. (laughs) We'll we'll have to see. I love you. We'll have to see what the people say, but... Uh, Brock's not leaving. So, yeah, that's going to do it for us. Uh, I'll catch y'all next week. Nathan will catch y'all never. Peace. (coughs) Peace.